Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to There Will Be Dungeons at therewillbedungeons.com. D&D, the way it was meant to be played, with friends. And uh, today's a big day. It's a finale of sorts of the season we're in right now, the Delver Season 1. And so if you're like, man, I need some resolution, sounds like Kyle's come packing with plenty of resolution today. So stick around as we are about to play the final episode of that campaign. However... Uh, in the meantime, I wanted to remind folks that we have a whole bunch of branded teas that taste like stuff we talk about on the show. That may sound strange, but it's real. Go to phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and you'll find the full listing there. You're looking for something to do a little pick, pick you up? Great, they have that. You want something to put you to bed at night? They got that and everything in between. phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. All right, we're going to get into it now by looking back on what happened last time. On There Will Be Dungeons. Previously on There Will Be Dungeons. My, my secrets! My secrets! Splendervelt, I don't know if you've noticed, but that crank and that gear might match something else we found. No, I know. I just think about Potato Farm getting paid for soon. Keeper <laughs> Bruce alive. You friend! The guild is friend, yes. <laughs> Bop. <laughs> Gleepoma here. We're here to collect. This man seems to have built himself a, a hat out of a dark mantle. I'm still due at the Bullywug camp, where the others will be waiting. So many candles. <laughs> you see the face kind of magically and like clay start to settle and deflate transforms into face you've seen before. This would be broadside. Yes, Grinkeeper is okay with Gleepoma giving the warning to the Bullywug group, assuming the other guildies are there, so she'd want to head back to the guild. Yeah. Okay. Directly to the guild, then. Oh, man. Cliffhanger business there. All right, Kyle, take it away. <laughs> so we have Taking a short rest. We talked about that offline a little bit, but everybody wants to get a little healed up, get some of their abilities back. Do you all do the short rest inside of the Fishman camp or do you head out first and then sort of dehorse at that point? I think probably we would have done it before we left. Would have okay. made the most sense. Plus, you guys needed to put your armor on. That was part of the short rest was re-equipping gear. 
So, oh, right. yeah, probably yeah. before we left. Yeah. I would agree with that. We should it be all decked on- out in our stuff again, right? Like, all, all that crap is back. My bonuses are back. All that stuff is back. Yep. Okay. All your armor's back on. Be sure to re-equip it. Uh, during this time, if you want to roll an arcane check, Grinkeeper, you can start to inspect that sword that you've taken off the Goliath mountain of a man broadside who is still passed out along with his companion in the robe. An 11. An 11? All right. Uh, attuning yourself to the weapon and exploring around it, you're able to identify it as a great sword of wounding. And that is currently in your inventory there if you want to look it up. Of course, Broadside with his massive, massive frame was able to wield this one-handed along with the tower shield. But for anybody else, this is going to be a two-handed weapon at all times. So you rest up a little bit there at the edge of the Kuatoa camp. And while you put on your armor, get your bags in order, in general, keep activity relatively low getting back those hit dice, you are brought over some of the fish that has now been cooked and smoked there at the fire, and a little bit of a celebration kind of breaks out around you. Now, during this time, we were planning to take Big Bleeper Bloops with us, correct? Um, yeah, he's one yeah. of the ones we're taking. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So so what do we do with Big Bleeper Bloops during the during the rest here? Is he tied up? Right now, the Sultan Sash has been moved on to the robed thinner figure who was immediately stabbed down in a non-lethal way by Ko. Yeah, what do we do with the others? There's got to be some rope around here we could just tie him up and gag him with. Yeah, we got like fish rope from the fish village fish people. (laughs) Sure, you could ask them for some fish rope, (laughs) though there's going to be a bit of a problem, as it seems that your liaison here... Gleepoma has headed off to warn the Bullywug camp, so the only common speaker has left. It would be up to Cody either make another mental connection with his telepathy, or to do your very best to ask for rope. I think we can pantomime it. I mean, every every time I talk to them, they just think they think I'm a god, and I think maybe we get away from all that. So, we'll just pantomime. We'll use the sash to kind of be like, you know, we want something like this. Alright, do a performance check. A 13. It takes some finagling, but you do manage to basically start ripping down a rope off one of the side of the buildings, and they're like, ah, and they are cool with you taking it away. They continue to enjoy their fish that they have smoked, and they're all passing around the pearls. Some of them are starting to whittle them a little bit into small objects or even pierce them for necklaces and whatnot. And in general, the celebration begins to build up in the village. They don't really seem to mind that you've taken the fish wizard from them, Big Bleeper Bloops. He is sitting on the back of a horse, tied up, certainly not the most comfortable fish in the world, but the village seems to treat him like an outsider anyway. So at the end of your short rest, you're all able to get back up on your horses. I believe, uh, let's break it down here. I believe Broadside is passed out without his armor on, so just wearing his Under Armour linens, and slung over the top of Splendorbelt's horse, correct? 
I think, think he so. was on my horse. Oh, was it okay. your horse? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think Splendor Belt has bleeper bloops. And I've got the caster with the sash. Cool. I'm trying to distribute the weight. Either. Fair enough. Let's make some animal handling checks to see how that goes. Oh, boy. How does a nine do? You got two nines? <laughs> How does it do? Yep. And what did you get, Splendor Belt? Oh, sorry. He's just here making fun of everybody else's role. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I, was, I, just, I thought you only asked for two. My bad. Uh, animal handling. An eight, uh, 20, not natural. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> making fun of us. <laughs> so he is making fun of you a bit. Uh, he's got big bleeper bloops once again, sort of fashioned into a backpack tied to him as he starts heading down that swampy trail. With a nine, you all aren't critically failing. You're not unable to move, but you do sort of have to expend quite a bit of energy readjusting your care every few little clop-clops of your horse. And as you head down that winding swamp path that took you here, you see the exit out in front of you to the main road, of which will take you back to the guild over hours of travel. And there parked at the edge of that road, you see a carriage, a sort of caged-in wood contraption. It looks like a prisoner transport, and it's sitting with two horses currently attached to it. Go with your Nobody, passive perception. Go for it. else is around it? It's just on its own? With your passive perception, you don't see any people around it at all. That's extremely convenient. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll ride up to it. Stop. Is it just me, or does this seem extremely convenient to be something we would use right now? Maybe we've been blessed. It feels more like my experience. That is not exactly how it works. Yeah. Do not like feeling of it. Can I see any like footprints or anything going away from it? Any indication of where whoever brought it here might have gone? Yeah. Roll a survival check to do some tracking. A twenty-one. So you dismount and start walking around, and as you do, your your care, the woman in the robe, kind of slumps off the horse and kind of hits the ground and flops down to the floor, still passed out from your massive psychic attack. Uh, It's up to you if you pay her any notice, but you go about your tracking, and you do put together a pretty decent story here. You see that the cart pulled around from the right side, coming from the city of Atimer, and pulled around. There was another horse that wasn't part of the chain, not part of this cart, that rode down the swamp path first, and two individuals, one with lighter feet and one with massive heavy boots, dismounted the carriage and moved into the woods, the swamp. I'm wondering if maybe this was meant for us. 
It looks like, judging by the footprints here, that it was a lighter person and a very large, heavy person, which would certainly describe these two and going into the swamp where we were. But what would they want with us? I mean, they were waiting for us. Maybe this cage was meant to hold us. Well, now it's going to hold them. And Grinkeeper will slide <laughs> off her horse and start push the big guy off and start dragging him to the carriage. Co, you notice as Grinkeeper dismounts that she has a sturge on her back that seems to have gotten its proboscis stuck in her chain mail. Uh, Grinkeeper, do not move. I will go over and try and give it just a little... No, no, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm strong enough. I can pull this guy. It's cool. No, no. Hold still. And oh. give it a little psychic stab. You do so. It is completely restrained by its stuck nature. And... And let's loose the contents of which its snack was before, though it didn't actually feast on Grinkeeper. Gross! Thanks, Co. God. Oh, and she mutters to herself as she drags the body. So, Grinkeeper, you drag, you're in charge of Broadside, and you're going to put him up inside the cage on this cart. Yes. Perfect. Let's roll a strength check for that. Sixteen. Cool. You do so, mostly dragging, but you do manage to get him inside without too much effort. Of course, you left behind his full armor and only took a piece of it, as we mentioned last episode. So you are not as burdened as you otherwise would have been with your charge here. Do you do the same, Co? Do you load up the woman? Yeah, I'm going to get her loaded up and in as well. Um, we'll take back Sultan's sash, but I will... Uh, I will take, because Co wore a scarf before he had the sash, and he still has it. And I'm going to cut a piece of it off enough to make a, a little gag so that that remains. Because I still think she might be a caster of some kind. So Roll a arcane or investigation. Okay, let's investigate. A nine. That's intense, that roll. That is, we've gotten a lot of nines, and they're all equally and intense as important. <laughs> Moving on, Splendor Belt. All do you right. do anything with big bleeper bloops? Um, no. I mean, other than we're just intended to strap him up and go, right? And there is a cart if you wanted to deposit him in, but otherwise you can maintain him on your back there. Is it going to cause me any disadvantages to, to keep him with me? Not with his size of four feet or so, wearing nothing but a loincloth with no items. You are definitely his superior in size, and you're handling him easily. Okay, then I'm going to keep him, because I think that just looks funny to have him on a big half-orc <laughs> like that. Perfect. Just keep him strapped to me. So with the two black-robed figures, or at least the one black-robed figure and one in the linens loaded up in the cart, what do you do with your other horses? How do we move this transport? Hitch him to the back. So you and Co are going to take the seat of the cart and pilot the horses while your guild acquired horses are pulled along behind? Yes. 
Perfect. Perfect. We start heading down the road. And we have a pretty big journey ahead of us, so things tend to slow down a little bit for you all. Now, of course, you couldn't take your long rest or short rest during this time because horse riding and also being on the trunk of a carriage requires a lot of attention, getting jostled, and, you know, maintaining a decent spine. So it's not altogether a relaxing activity as you're not lounging in the back. Though as you travel, you do notice that the robe figure starts to rouse a bit. And in the back here, and she starts to wiggle about and prop herself up. Greenkeeper is going to... Oh, sorry. Go for it. I just have a, a question. Was there a way to lock this cage? Were we able to lock it? Or did we just put him in a cage? You didn't say you wanted to lock it, necessarily, and there wasn't a lock present on your arrival. Okay. That feels like something we should have addressed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grinkeeper's gonna immediately stop the cart, jump down, and go punch her to knock her out again. (laughs) 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 Give us a punch. Non-lethal. Here's a slight moan. <laughs> Just a complete stop. Runs around. It's one way Thirteen. Thirteen. All right. On a lightly armored figure who is currently recovering from unconscious, you easily unleash a fist into their face. For how much is your strength here? Five points Five. of damage. Non-lethal, and they pass right on back out. I'm sure it'll have no repercussions at all. It's the holy way. (laughs) Clearly. We continue our ride back to town with two hours ahead of us. It is currently five. This would be four. So so you left around. So then you rested two. So it would currently be 4 p.m. right now with two hours ahead of us as we head towards the guild and Atomer. Roll perceptions, everyone. Perceptions. Come on, baby. A natural Jeez. 20 for a 26 total. Jeez. 18 Damn. for me. Six. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like watching the sunset. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, but also you, you're riding there with your fist currently raised, kind of going back between the two of them in case any of them start to rouse again. You're sort of turned around in your seat, making sure the prisoners are uh, comfortable. Let's put it that way. Uh. Crandall's Splendor Belt. You notice out in the woods a rushing figure mm. through the swamp. This would be as you return to Atomer on your right. And, Co, you're able to see the same figure, too. You see a, a standing about five feet tall frogman wearing a pretty basic leather overall set. And he has on his head a very well kept or at least brand spanking new straw hat and he's you say rushing like running at us he's he's running through the swamp itself not moving towards the road more moving along the same direction you are but definitely booking it at a best frogman running pace that he can manage do we feel a do, do I sense a threat from this person you could roll a insight to try to read into their body language more, but okay. currently you would be seeing what I've described. 
All right, cool. Here we go. Uh, 21, uh, 17 plus 4. Yeah, 21. That's quite insightful. Well, I'm an insightful guy. Watching the way the frogman moves about, his arm is cast behind him, uh, his shoulder facing towards the right, so you can't really see what's going on there. But his body language does suggest that he's dragging something along, something that's helping a little bit, kind of like a dog that doesn't want to go on its walk, but it still moves its legs. He is, he is attempting with speed to move something along the ground, which is inhibiting him. And he's within yelling range. Like if I yelled something, he'd hear me. Sure. I mean, he, he's he's a little occupied, but you would be able to communicate with him. Particularly, you're free on your own horse. So if you wanted to pursue or anything like that, it would be in your wheelhouse. <laughs> with my fishman backpack on. Yes, yeah, so bouncing up and down. <laughs> um, I would yell. Um, I'd go, "Hey, you need to slow down." Something to that effect. What would, what would I elicit anything from him? You yell out, and you're a big guy, and your big voice carries across the open fields, the farmland out in front of you to the swamp to your right. And he suddenly stops. And even in the lower light of the swamp, you can see his glassy, sogging eyes turn towards you, and you're a and he starts doing that same sort of jog dragging what he has with him and as he emerges through the swamp you see this great sort of mud encrusted figure that he's holding on to by the cape and he runs towards you and deposits a four and a half foot tall man in front of you (laughs) face down okay and he begins to gesture wildly and jump up and down, pointing back at the swamp. Greenkeeper will jump down and start going to the man with the mud, wiping off the face. Yeah. Greenkeeper, as you start to walk away, you hear, oh, oh. Turns around and punches broadside. (laughs) 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 Another 13. It hits and broadsides broadsides out as well. Back and you've redone the clock like like chess players. You're smacking those clocks. Wow. (laughs) I need a good smack. You quickly finish your task at the cart and make your way over to the frogman. And as you approach, he and backs up, you know, and grabs onto his new hat, holding it tightly on his head. Grinkeeper will kneel down to the man that was brought, turn him over on his back, and see if she recognizes him. Wipe the mud off the face. You flip over this heavy figure. You see a great sogging beard full of vines and leaves, little ticks and stuff all crawling around in there as he's been dragged through this swamp. Wiping off his face, you see that it is Boonfellow, the dwarven war cleric. That you all had some time with there in the basements of Atemur dungeon. Seeing this, she'll slap him and give him five points of health. <laughs> is this uh is this one big slap, or do you kinda like give him the old like 
But each one is one hit point of. <laughs> well, he's a dwarf. So <laughs> I'd pay to see that. No, it's just one five point healing slap. Okay, you you smack him across the face. Your healing powers, which also can dissuade poisons and whatnot, immediately cause all the little bugs that have bored into his skin to launch out of his face as he heals. And he <gasps> sits up and screams. Greenkeeper will let him scream. What? <laughs> Much like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> but not invoking memories of the flame skull at all for some reason. Weird. Seems unrelated. To yeah, seems unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, 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 erroneous. Oh. And he blinks and kind of picks the mud out of his eyes and looks up at you. First at Splinter Belt, next to Grinkeeper, standing right over him and Co. on the back. Ah, the devils! Ah! Are you a sight for war eyes? What happened? We were attacked. We were attacked at the Bullywood camp. It is, uh... Oh. And he pats the frog's foot, who in the foot kind of pulls back a little bit as he tries to touch it. Uh, I, I don't know his name. He's Hoppy or something. We didn't do very good, but uh, we didn't kill anybody. So uh, that's a new first for the First Sons Brotherhood. Uh, we were attacked... Ah, by a man. Ah, there were two of them. And he starts getting himself up. And you can see that his cape is just sodden, sort of hangs heavy on his back. And he takes off his boot and pours some water from it. Little fish pours out with it. Where's everyone else? Are they not here? Ah, Green disappeared right as the fight started and Phelan... I think they took Phelan. They took Phelan! As you will remember, well, Green was the uh, stuck-up sort of human fighter archer, and Phelan was the high elf who did a lot of floating and flying that day. We were also attacked uh, during our mission. We were on our way back to the guild. These were the people who attacked us, but... Uh, we had heard that they were going to move to the the Bullywug camp. Was it a person with a dark mantle on its head? Yes! Oh, that crazy fella, he he had at us. He showed up, he had this great uh, stick with a conch on the end, and he waved it about, and, well, his, uh, his associate. Hi. I'm going to make a little inside check for him right now. Yes. That's a warlock. I think it was Soulburn. He had Soulburn in his employ. It is interesting because this one, uh, Broadside, is also from the guild. It seems that there were some guild members acting against us. Broadside? Uh, Broadside and Soburn were both assigned to uh, protect the forest ruins there with the researchers who were sent by the guild. Well, that makes no sense. What are they doing here? Well, if this uh, carriage with a cage on it is any indicator trying to pick us up, 
Oh, we need to figure out what's going on. I agree. Um, you do not seem to be in any state for going back into battle. No offense. Yeah, none taken. I'm a little wet, tiring. Apparently unarmed. Hey, hey, Hoppy! Hoppy, where's my... Ah! Mm. Grabs his hat and backs up a little bit. Oh, Phelan. Where's Phelan? Phelan? I, I, I do not know. He was hit first by the caster. Ah, uh, some sort of uh, whisper attack got in his head and he passed out quick. What do you all think? I'm thinking maybe we could send him back to the guild with our prisoners and maybe we go to the Bullywog camp. See what we can find. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. He seems to not have any kind of... Uh... Uh, he's in no condition to fight. But we can, so, yeah. We go back, he go forward, and leave. Separate from us. Let's do it. Oh, Does I that don't... sound good to you? I don't know about that. How, how am I going to handle the three? Wait, two? Two prisoners? You just punch them if they start to make noise. They go right back to sleep, it's great. I, okay. uh, that won't have any future effects. <laughs> Do you uh, have a way to seal this uh, lock or uh, rope or anything? Uh, my my gear is to the wind. I have uh, I got a dagger I could shove in the the crick. I mean, Greenkeeper has been punching them. They are pretty unconscious. All right. Well, if that's the plan, I'll I'll proceed with them back to the guild. You, what do you want me to tell them? Yeah. Um, I think it would be worth just telling him the full story, going down all the details, so he has it all. So I would recount, you know, seeing the guy with the dark mantle hat, the two of them waiting for us, us ambushing him, all of it. All right. What about uh, Big Bleeper Bloops? Is he coming with for our journey into the swamp, or is he being left here? Hmm. There is no reason to bring him, Splinter Belt. Why are you hanging on to him? If you only is on back, it's not. It's no. Why is problem? He just, you've seen, I mean, you've seen Splinter Bell haul massive amounts of weight before over the course of entire missions. It's clearly not holding him back. If, if you want to bring him, I guess that is fine. But it does make sneaking a little more difficult. Oh, yeah, I didn't. This is not part of mm. what I think of. You do recall Big Bleeper Bloops getting ready to scream when he saw the Dark Mantle wearing figure. All right. He will, uh, Splinter Belt would for a second consider gagging him, but then think differently and say, ah, that's f okay, fine. Besides, that's we could use the rope to, uh, maybe seal up this cage a little bit. Yeah, he's fine. It makes more sense. 
Sorry, big bleeper bloops. No show for you today. And I'll rip him off my back and salvage the rope and toss him in with the rest of the rabble. He has long since last, uh, lost the duration of his tongue spell and without his staff is unable to cast additional spells. So he just... And protests a little bit as you load him up but easily handle him and his frail wizard form up into the cart. Awesome. Who would like to roll the survival check to make a nice knot? Oh, where are uh, these days? Who's good at survival? I am, uh, we'll say, about a plus two. I am a plus two as well. All right, sounds like the plus twos have it. Let it rip. Go for it, John. I rolled a five. Nice. Does anybody else want to roll? And it's a See bow. if they can critique my knot, <laughs> which looks very pretty. Now, now, Ko is a father, so he's tied a nice number of shoes in his day, and it's a nice little bow knot. Well, I'll, let me try it. Keeper rolls a four. She undoes the knot. <laughs> I rolled a three. <laughs> what the frick? The Delvers are bested by the knot. <laughs> natural one, I should say, in case that makes things worse. A natural one? Perfect. You fray the rope and it falls apart. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, gosh. Uh, Delvers. Uh, a lot, and he walks over with his dagger and, and sort of cricks it through the two bars and and then taking his fist and his mail glove, starts banging it and basically makes a large nail that holds the door shut. Ah. impressed. All right. So I will bring these three. Uh, should we knock out the fishman? <laughs> he mostly just complains. It will be fine. In the back of the cart. <laughs> All right, night. Good luck to you. Uh, the Bullywogs are skittish folk. I doubt they'll give you much aid or much hindrance. Be safe. All right, we spent. We send Boonfellow down the road back to the guild with three prisoners in the cart. Now, you all have untied your horses, so you're all on horseback and available to move at a decent speed. You see the path out ahead of you where the... First Sons Brotherhood would have originally entered for their part of the quest in the swamp. Do you take the path, or do you try to bushwhack it and stay off course? I think with the horses, Grinkeeper would try and stay on path, and she would light yeah. a candle. Oh, oh. wait, why? Yeah. Oh, for just for light? That Sturgeonella candle. Oh, Sturges. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think time is of the essence, so we've already wasted a good chunk. I think we just go down the path. That speed. We find ourselves heading down the path at around 5 o'clock. It is the, the summer months here, so the sun does have a good two and a half hours still left in it. So there's no problem with light. The Sturgeonella cone makes a nice sort of swirling incense-like fog around you. And you do see several Sturges kind of come by and then leave and go the other direction. Perhaps with a little less character and Muppetness to them. <laughs> <laughs> and you head down the road. 
You travel for about 30 minutes and head into a small basin-like area of the swamp. It pulls over the sides a little bit, making this small pond here in one of these many, many sort of limestone sinkholes that you've seen throughout this area of Atomer. And all dotted around it are small mud hovels that have been constructed. Co, you do see a pair of eyes blinking independently of each other, sitting on top of a head, large glassy eyes in the pool itself at the center of this muddy village, and then descend underneath the water quickly as you approach. Um, first thing I would want to do while there's still a little bit of light is see if I could identify any signs of the combat and maybe escape and direction that somebody might have gone. I'm assuming if they were waiting with a cart for us, they might have been waiting with a cart for somebody else, uh, or at least horses, and look for that. Make your survival check. Does anyone else want to do any checks? Um, I would do... Hmm. No, I guess not. I'm just feeling very cautious. So maybe I'd do like a... Just a... I know I've got good passive perception, but I'd just do like a perception check just to see if, you know, is there anything amiss? Is there anything weird? Is there anything uh, skulking around that we missed? That sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean... Let's do a perception check from you, but you can choose to keep your passive going if it's worse than that. All right. An eight. <laughs> cool. So you're looking around. Ooh, you see a red-breasted ho- Oh, no, no, no. Never mind, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> you're, about to, you're about to space out into some birds, but you keep it under control and you roll with your passive 12. All right, good. Uh, my survival was a 14. A 14? All right. You dismount and start looking around the perimeter of this small little sinkhole filled with water. And you do notice with your your passive perception that there is a muddy, muddy bottom to it. The water's settled a little bit in the first couple feet you can see through. And you see a couple of froggy, full-size feet kick here and there and disturb the water. It seems that perhaps the whole village is currently hiding in this one particular muddy pile. With your survival check... You find heading from the east hooves that have moved through the woods. You also see a pair of fishy feet from the people you just recognize coming from the water's edge. I, You can assume out from the lake coming into the village. There seems to have been another figure here that walked down down the road, down this path from the swamp. So to summarize, you have one figure that seems to have walked along the path independently. There are many, many other footprints, you can assume, of the First Sons Brotherhood, just all stamping around and all the little frog footprints in the mud, too. And it's kind of just making a mess of the area. But you know that one figure came down the road after the three. A horse came from the east into the village. And then there was some sort of scuffle on the northwest side of the pool. 
Alright, I would call everybody over and point it out. And then just say, the fish footprints, maybe Glipoma, did make it to warn everybody. Um, Because we sent him, right? Remember that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Grinkeeper would have sent him. So with, with your sort of knowledge of time, because you've been tracking that for the group, she sent him right before you guys took an hour long rest. As the crow flies, it was maybe an hour and a half to get here. So whatever happened would have happened about 45 minutes ago, ultimately leading to your meeting of Boonfellow out there on the road some half an hour ago now. I think we head in this direction. Let's go. Okay. We'll follow. All right, so you guys follow the confrontation there in the mud with the footprints and the horse tracks heading deeper into the swamp, leading west and sort of following the angles and uh, wild curves of that lakeside coast that you've been questing along this whole day. And it's slow going, making your way through the swamp. Luckily, you have the Sturgeonella cones burning and no other figures and no other uh, bugs uh, try to attach themselves to you as that sort of smoke swirls around you. But it is very, very slow going. And very quickly, as you leave the immediate kind of cleared area of the Bullywug village, you lose all sense of the tracks. Grinkeeper will jump off her horse and get her face close to the ground to see if she can see them. Make a survival check. Twelve. In this mud, in these conditions, with the light starting to fade, you don't see anything. It's mud. Can't see anything. Um, we've seen a map of the area, right? Correct. Do we have any idea based on where the Bullywug camp would be and the direction we're going to make a deduction as to where somebody might be headed? You could make an inside check. But you've never experienced anything in this area before. Okay. Well, it's not good. It's a six. <laughs> really rolling high today. No knowledge comes to mind of the immediate area. Seems you all have lost the trail. Should we head back to the guild then? Wait for everyone else to show up? I think at this point it is probably the best course of action. Alright, let's get going. We don't have much time. Grinkeeper leads you all out through the swamp. And it's slow going, but you end up hitting the road right at about 
6.30, with two hours still to go till town. We speed along. Hmm? Do the horse of scallop? Yeah. Can you? Yeah, you uh, can push him. Speed him. You can speed him. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Grinkeeper's gonna try and hustle. All right, but as you're both aware, Grinkeeper Co., you have not been very proficient on these horses so far, so you two will have to make animal handling checks. Yes, but my rolls have been bad, and so therefore, logic dictates this is going to be a fantastic (laughs) roll. Eleven. <laughs> Go, you managed to stay on board, but Grinkeeper, you immediately fall off. <laughs> Splendor Belt, you can move this horse at will. You're not sure what's the problem with these two city dwellers. Yeah, I would be embarrassed for them. <laughs> he just gallops away. I just sort of keep going. Do you need help? What is this? No! I'm I'm fine. You go. I'll catch up. Why? Okay. I have rope. You need rope? No! I can do this! I can hold Mace out. You hold my handsome face on Mace? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. I will go slow, and I'll just sort of keep trotting, wondering why they're so bad at that. Grinkeeper, mount up, and let's do it again. (laughs) how does a tube sit alright you start to realize Grinkeeper is struggling greatly with her armor her massive pack filled with an extra weapon along with all the weights Grinkeeper you're used to riding a horse but certainly not in this style not wearing armor and usually in some sort of fancy dress side saddle we need to make a decision are we going to head back to the guild with speed and let Co and Splendor Belt lead the way and Grinkeeper will catch up at a trot or do we continue to delay for Grinkeeper? I mean, I can't leave. There's no way I would leave, so I I, I would see the struggle and hold up and then look back, waiting for the inevitable cry for help. Yeah, why don't we why don't we just take a pace that, I mean, you've already doubled how good you are at riding in one roll, so... You know, from a one to two, you've gotten twice as good. Yeah, that's so, a, that, that's true. This is a positive spin on this. You I doubled just, your skill. <laughs> let's tie my horse to Slenderbelt's horse, and I'll hold on. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Roll with advantage. There it is. Much better. Natural 20. Natural 20. All right. Splendorbelt's horse leads the way. Your horse finds calm in being so close to another horse's butt, letting it know exactly where to go. And you manage to stay on the horse for the duration of the cut-down ride from two hours to about an hour and a half. And you arrive at the guild right at the edge of 10 o'clock. As you arrive at the guild, do you explode through the door? What's kind of your style? You see the cart out front. It is empty. It is parked, and the two horses have been unchained from it and are currently tied up at these various uh, wooden bars that occupy the street area outside of the dungeon guild. It's currently dark, right? Because it's 10? Yep, there, there would be lanterns lit on the streets. 
keeping some light going, but it certainly wouldn't be, you know, Night City Street time. I say we play to our strengths. Maybe the two of you go in, make a scene, and I will slip in behind. Yeah, I like it. As she falls off her horse. <laughs> Greenkeeper slides and falls off her horse. But so Splendorbelt and Greenkeeper are going to enter and make a scene in the guild. I'm just going to open the door, bang. I mean, just, you know, dramatic. Yeah, dramatic, like, huzzah, we returned. And then Ko is going to give them a second and slip in quietly. Gotcha. Okay. Did you all want to roll anything for this presentation or performance of entering through the doors? Um, I would want to look bold and puffed up and and intimidating in, to some degree. So, what well, intimidation is a roll. All right, let's do intimidation. So let's do it. Here we go. Grinkeeper. She'll uh, do a performance. Nineteen. All right. Nineteen for performance. Nice. Nice. The two of you with your 19s looking intimidating. Can we open the doors? Is it two doors? Can he get one, I get another? And we Yeah, there's two doors. Yeah. Sure, sure. So you each take one door, one, two, three, push it open dramatically. Yep. And enter. Boom. As you do, Clearstone shoots up from a position with her arms, her header in her arms there on the table. Uh, she may have been napping. It's very clear, though, that Jimmy, the rat man, was napping on top of his table, just completely light across as he shoots up. And, oh, 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 Delvers. Oh, what? What do I owe the pleasure of this dramatic entrance? <laughs> uh, by the way, I rolled a stealth check for Co slipping in after the fact and got a 17. All right. Go, you were in the building, and the two <laughs> the two workers here have no idea you're in there. Yeah. Boonfellow, he got here with the prisoners? Aye, uh, Boonfellow did uh, deposit a rather uh, interesting group upon us. They're uh, downstairs in our containment at the moment, uh, broadside and cheat. Now, what about the other groups that went out today? The other group? Oh, oh, the mountain groups. Yes, uh, kobolds and uh, goblins. They've yet to return, but uh, that's a good six-hour ride. No, nope. can didn't... we reach them? With what? Contact them? A spell? I don't know. Prayer? Hi. Do you have a spell, Jimmy? I, I don't I, I don't have a spell. Do you? I, what, what spell? He got ambushed. Ambushed? Aye, uh, let's... This might be in danger. Well, let, let's uh, wake up Boonfellow. He, he deposited the prisoners, told us to wrap them up and keep them down, and went upstairs for a bit of a snooze. And Grinkeeper's gonna look over at Splendorbelt, but Balin is missing. As she's following them upstairs. I will... I will uh, respond just with a stern look. Very. I'll tell you this: in his head, he is—he's somewhat—he's convinced that the the guild is involved, and he's—he doesn't like it. Wasn't so you all are heading upstairs to awaken Boonfellow. Yeah. 
abruptly and without remorse. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to Clearstone's leading directions, you find his room and you're at his door. Uh, we'll knock first. Okay, I'm assuming these are. this is currently the adventure of Splendorbelt and Grinkeeper. Co is yep. stealthing around. Uh, Co is Aragorning in the corner of the guild, just quietly <laughs> sitting in the shadows. Smoking a long pipe. Yeah, and it's without the pipe part. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, he's a, he's a satyr, so playing a pipe. Uh, yes, so. there we go. <laughs> but quietly. Very stealthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you sit there, Co, you see a couple of wood leaguers come in, check the board, and start, you know, working on getting together a quest for themselves. Splendorbelt, Grinkeeper, you make it to the door, and you... Knock. Knock aggressively. Grinkeeper would go politely. I would not be polite. I would pound that door. Okay. Like that. The door is pounding. Aye! Aye! Ah! All right. Ah, have you never heard of a long rest? Ah, and the door opens, and in his skivvies, in just his underwear, it's a nice set of, like, boxer briefs. With a bit of a belly hanging over them, you see Boonfellow. And just sort of standing there, like he was just sleeping. Yep, he he's got no shoes on, he was passed out. Boonfellow, two of your group members are missing. Hi, and you slapped me awake for five points of health. I, I struggled to keep going in your absence. That's fair. Thank you for bringing the prisoners in. Well, uh, uh, containment, I hear, is unescapable, so I wasn't terribly concerned. Did you find my companions? We lost the trail. He shakes off the sleep a little bit, looks around his room and grabs a red velvety robe and wraps it around himself and starts heading out with some sandals. Well, night in the guild anyway. There shouldn't be anyone who's too offended by my... Uh, and he gives a bit of a burp. Book. And starts heading down the stairs. You see Ko sitting in the corner. Looking cool. <laughs> uh, Jimmy and Clearstone are scrambling about a bit. Uh, Jimmy has run to the back using that door that's beyond the bar where you all entered in order to find that lecture hall. And, Co, you would know that that leads to the backyard of, well, uh, the work, the workout area and where you've done training with wildfire. Clearstone starts to nervously, or at least trying to pay attention to you guys at the same time while dealing, passing out a small quest in the area. Uh, from what you can overhear, it seems that there is an ooze in a brewery that these wood leaguers are about to undertake. An ooze, you say? Yep, an ooze. Okay. You hear overhear her a little bit of like, no, it's closed right now, so we're going to do this night crew style. All right, but be careful out there. Jimmy returns, opens the back door. His... He gives a wiggle of his nose and his little whiskers move about. He's got these long, you know, bony fingers and he kind of scratches under his chin. Ah, uh, so what's the plan? Prisoners, they're our next source of information. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, but I'm not technically uh, allowed to bronzers in the zone room. Why? We were technically supposed to be almost kidnapped. Oh, no, you got a point. You got a point. Um, Clearstone? Yes, Jimmy? Uh, the zone room is occupied. What? Let me let me finish up here. And Jimmy starts leading you through the back. You take a turn immediately as you enter through the door. Beyond this door, the next door down would be the lecture hall. And he opens a door leading down a stone staircase that's been chiseled and built into the very rock under this building. And it's dark down there. But as you go down, you see a torch is lit. You see a small jail cell room, a dungeon area, where divided into two different cells are Gleepo, uh, Big Bleeper Bloops, and then broadside, what you've now heard is Cheat. All three are awake. The only difference from where you last saw them was that... Uh, Cheat, the female figure in the robe, has lost her robe and is now also in her underarmors. What race is she? All right. Uh, she's human, as okay. far as you can see, and yeah. she has a small wound, like a twist in her skin, where the blade of Ko would have punctured through her body ultimately knocking her out with a massive amount of side damage. Otherwise, she has sort of curly blonde hair and a fair face. Compared to the massive size of broadside next to her, she looks relatively small and frail. Uh, but given that she's been called Cheat, you would know this is a silver rank here at the Guild with a title and everything. Across from the cells you see a large circle carved into the ground. And there's kind of a magical shimmer, like a, a warping of reality, like looking through a poorly laminated car window. You see this; these bubbles sort of move about it and projected by the circle. There's a series of chairs in the center of the circle, currently two, but there are more chairs along the side. And in front of it is a, is a booth, kind of built in the room itself, facing. And out of the pedestal, the the standing lectern of this booth is a wand. A magical wand that's been inserted into the wood, sticking upwards. Almost like a microphone that you would speak into. This is the room you find yourself in. In the basement, a contained space, stairs going up behind you. Jimmy, as he lets you all in, locks the door behind him and kind of puts the key in his upper pocket and gives it a little pat. Well, uh, here here are your, <laughs> your prisoners. We haven't talked to them since they've woken up. Uh, we aren't really sure what happened out there, but Boonfellow told us that uh, you all were attacked by these two. The fishmen were, we have no idea what to do with, but we contained him all the same. Where's Phelan? Where's the mean guy? 
Where were you going to take us? You begin to question the figures through in the... Jim, Jimmy interrupts. Hey, now, now, now. We, we, we have a procedure here. All right. Greenkeeper, we uh, step on back. Step on back. Okay. Listen, there's a procedure here for our zone of truth. Technically, you all aren't supposed to be down here. This is silver level stuff. And technically, in order to be a silver, you would have gone through uh, sensitivity training, particularly when it comes to interrogation and the use of said zone of truth. But I can see that we're all in a bit of a tizzy. Uh, Clearstone should be with us soon. I will prepare the zone. And he walks over to the pedestal and starts to work the wand in there. And you kind of hear a... Of the zone channeling and charging. You hear a lock on the door behind you. Open the door, opens up and closes. And Clearstone comes downstairs. All right. Well, this is... All highly irregular, but we are going to do this now, as uh, Cassius and Carrie will not return for at least another two days. You two? Roadside cheat? We're uh, gonna let you out now, straight into the zone with you, and we shall have a discussion about what happened out there. Uh, please, Delvers. Be ready. They should be unarmed, though, and... Uh, by the way, it is best to take away a spell component pouch if you plan on capturing any spellcaster in the future, huh? She was still very much armed when she arrived. No- noted. Jimmy walks over and unlocks the cage, and broadside ducks as he exits, standing up to his full height, and walks into the zone. And as he does, he sort of winces and gives a little... "Mm." But on his head appears this sort of T mixed with a J symbol. You know it as a symbol of casting, though none of you are really trained in the arcane arts and know what school this would be. The blonde cheat enters as well. And upon her head also appears this T sort of J symbol and radiant and pink. And they both go and sit in the chairs. Well, uh, since we've all sort of revealed ourselves, there's very little reason to be secretive about this. But uh, if you want, you can use the booth. Greenkeeper's just yelling questions. Why'd you do it? Where's everyone? Are the others okay? There is procedure. There is procedure. What? (laughs) Procedure. The only thing they need to do is answer the question. Right, but this is a zone of truth. The questions will all be answered. They answer the question. Well, they... Grin Creeper, please. And she pulls you into a corner a little bit. A zone of truth does not necessarily mean they have to speak. And guild regulations require that we do not... uh, She moves her fist back and forth. Roughhouse. Or uh, threaten. There are magical means to get information from people. Okay. And Greenkeeper will kind of huff away and look at the booth and stop yelling questions. All right. Clearstone walks over to the booth, grabs the wand, and kind of pulls it up to her mouth. Oh. 
tell me what happened out there, and do so with the most detail possible. Broadside raises his head. We were dreaming. Cheat looks at Broadside. Yeah, dreaming. It's all dream. Well, that, that, that's the truth of it. I, 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 you all better take over since you saw what happened. I can I can ask questions now. Yes, but do not. Fist go back and forth again. No roughhousing. Okay. Who was that man you were with? <laughs> Splinterbelt's gonna go. Yes. Who is man? I'm gonna repeat what you just said, but in my dumb way. <laughs> you can make an intimidate check if you want. Yeah, I, I just want to keep sounding like hard to deal with and scary. Uh, hold on. Fifteen. Broadside notes your intent, but seems ready to answer all the same. And you can see the magical symbol on his head glow as he speaks. That was Merrick Gideams, guild researcher. No, look. Research, what was he researching? <laughs> he was assigned by the guild to research the forest ruins. We were the Silvers put in charge of watching him. There was another group as well with another researcher. Why did he take the staff? I... I do not know. I, I do. I do. It's all a lot of fun. The staff is imbued with magical fishman powers. Their faith, their desire to see the dark below rise. So capturing the staff would allow him to channel their wishes and raise such a beast. You know how hard it is to find someone devoted to the dark below? Why are you guys working with him? Oh, me? I just wanted to see what happened. Broadside here went insane, though. Are you still insane, Broadside? I don't think so. And then he looks around at the zone of truth. I guess I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. That is the truth. I don't know what else to ask. Splinterbelt. Uh, I am also frustrated with my lack of questions for for now. Where is Co? He's right behind you. Oh shit! He's right here. Co, you say you have words to say. You say them. Do you have any idea where this medic would have gone with the other groups? 
the other groups. Yes, he went after the Bullywug camp, the uh, bronzers that were there, and apparently took a couple of them captive, at least one. Do you know where he would have gone from there? He was heading to the Noble Hollow. A tree, a dark place, it is well known among the Silvers. There he may conduct a ritual on unhallowed ground. And what is the purpose of this ritual? To experiment, as far as I gathered. He found deep in the ground during one of our missions, our expeditions into the Underdark, a summoning ritual to bring forth the beast of the lake. And was it your mission to bring us to this uh, noble hollow as well? My mission, my mission, and he furrows his brow and thinks hard and, and shakes his head back and forth, was to protect, protect Merrick on his mission. I do not remember. There's a fog over my mind, which you cleansed. Do you know how many people or beings he would need to complete this ritual? I am not... I can answer questions from here, big guy. Hi, I'm Cheat, uh, also known as Mary. I am a cleric of Weejas. Death, magic, all that sort of thing. Broadside here went nuts in, in the Underdark. Uh, the sound got in his head. I, I continued to research alongside the guild... Uh, we found a ritual using one elf, the faith of devoted priests, and a summoning stone to bring forth the beast of the lake. And Merrick Gideus, uh, who also got a little unhinged down there, decided that he was going to take advantage of the bronze operation to gather the reagents required and head to the Noble Hollow as a place of power. How long would it take to complete this ritual? Well, it takes about, um, uh, 30 seconds? But it has to be done at midnight. Uh, with that, Co would turn to his friends then we are going to have to move. If... We need to go now. Yes. I will come with you, says Broadside, who stands you up in his chair. nuts. No, you sit down. I wish to redeem myself. I... That's great. You can do it later. You will need aid. <laughs> what is harm Sorry. in having him come? It's fine. It's fine. He can come. What's his problem? The fact that he was immediately mind-controlled and driven mad in this process before. What well, is going to prevent it from but, happening uh, again? Uh, what aid can you give? I can fight. I am a silver rank. Mm-hmm. Silver rank fighter, battle master. 
Though my weapons have been taken from me, I could still put up a good fight, and you must still fight one more of my associates. Soulburn, the warlock. Can you promise you won't go crazy again? Here in the zone of truth, I will promise that I will do my best to avoid going crazy. However, should the dark below exert its power over me, I will be weak to such things, though it shames me greatly. Can I come too? No. Uh, I am pretty sure you are still on the side of Merrick and would attack us given the very first opportunity. I, and she points at the similar head, am not on his side. I just wanted to see what would happen. Well. I'm, I'll help, I'll, I can help interrupt the rich, right, right before it happens. It'll be dramatic. It'll be great. Right before it happens, I promise I'll interrupt the ritual. You seem like a chaotic element that we do not need. <laughs> I am a cleric of the god of death. Uh-huh. I'm not going to fault you for your faith, but I am not going to invite you for your faith as well. Broadside, we might need you. Excellent. I will be happy to comply. All right, we need to get going. Uh, Broadside, do you know the quickest way to get there? To the hollow, yes, we head north, making sure we stay on the right side of the river. When the trees turn to stone, we will know we have arrived at the place. Uh, requisitions. Does requisitions have anything that can help Broadside keep his mind together? Oh, uh, we might have a... Jimmy, do we have a an amulet or a, a circlet or something? I, I, I'll go check. And he runs up the stairs, much like a four-year-old Mike, sort of gab galloping on all fours. As he heads up, you hear a click-click as he turns the lock and the door closes behind him. There's a bang as Big Bleeper bloops, sort of takes his head sideways, sort of long ways his fish head and pushes through the bars and then kind of pops it out on the other side and goes, me, me. I don't think you going <laughs> is a good idea. No. Uh, as much as I like having fish backpack, forget it. I, I see. Greenkeeper will suck in her breath and close her eyes and shake her head no. Not this time. <laughs> and then she'll go up the stairs. <laughs> you sure? You, I mean, you could use him, says Cheat from inside the circle. How would we use him? Well, the particular ritual is very exciting. You see, first you're going to summon forth the powers into the summoning stone. And then upon stepping onto it, your wish is granted. If you put uh, Fishman here on it, his wish would be granted instead. Well, why I don't think that's one the of wish us just stand on it? Yes, he is. He does not want anything that we want. Well, you also become the sacrifice. So if that, you know if that's what you're into. Oh well, who does he? Who does Merrick intend to sacrifice then? I thought that was obvious. A high elf. What would the high elf wish for? Why would the high elf wish for what Merrick wants? Because the high elf would be under the influence of Merrick. 
You guys don't do summoning rituals much, do you? We are not a casting group. We, we do are not do it. Yeah. Get no... stuff done group. It's... Uh, the, the stabby kind. Yeah, I've seen you. <laughs> Actually, you didn't, but you felt it. <sighs> yeah, you got the better of me out there. You know, I'm getting the better of you right now. Every minute you waste with me is one minute that the. Uh... We are waiting for an amulet we would be waiting for anyway. We are done I, with you. I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> There's a whole river system. If he succeeds, the beast will come up the river and attack Atomer directly. It's going to be great. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Use your goat. I want to see the goat used as you close the door. (laughs) Boy, that's good. You head up with Broadside. And we'll take our break there. (laughs) Perfect. All right, uh, we'll be back in a second, you guys. Uh, well, more like five, ten minutes. So come on back and uh, be with us for this exciting continuation of today's There Will Be Dungeons. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back for the remainder of today's finale. Uh, Kyle, back to you. The music's so exciting. <laughs> I'll change All right. that tone. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's great. It's great. We're, so we exit the basement. We're heading into the main hall of the Gill, which is completely silent at night here. Uh, Boonfellow is at the bar trying to wake himself up a little bit with a concoction. He's reaching over the bar to create himself. He's still in his red robe and sandals, though. He turns on his stool as you guys approach. Well, uh, all good? Not yes. good. We're oh. going to have... Well, oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, go good. for it. Go for it. We are in a race. They are going to try and sacrifice your companion. Uh, they're not going to get anything out of green. He's not magical. Uh, It's not green, is it? No, they took the other one. Oh. Not Phelan. green. Phelan. Oh, Phelan! Oh! By Heronius' beard, that's too much. He's a frail little fella. He's... He's not going to survive that. That's kind of the point, it seems. Uh, what, 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 what's the plan? We're on our way to stop it. Are you coming? As you guys have this conversation, both Jimmy and Clearstone sort of scoot around you and make their way into the back in the acquisitions desk and hear lots of banging and shuffling of items back there as they look around for your requested something to help protect Broadside. I... I I've used all my spells. I was in the middle of a long rest when you came by. Is they, it, can I... What can I do? I mean, that is the question. What can you do? <laughs> I, you are a Bronze League hero. Your companion is in danger. I'll get my hammer. I'll get dressed. And he runs up the stairs. <sighs> and kind of downs his concoction that he made for himself as he goes. And here is door slam. And the clinks of metal being taken apart and all sorts of noise from his particular room. Uh, a door opens and someone kind of shh out it and closes their door again. Broadside stands directly behind you and he holds out his hands, his wrists together. You may chain me if you desire. I am aware that I am untrustworthy outside the zone. You have earned your chance to travel with us, and you will earn your chance to redeem yourself. Yes. Ride as an ally, stay as an ally. 
if I am to join you and perform any sort of deeds, I must have armor and a weapon. We have your sword, but we don't have your armor. Hmm. Do you have my shield? No. Did we take the shield? I don't think I we did. We Was there did. a shield? Oh, did we? Grinkeeper put the shield on her back at the end of last episode. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's right here. As a matter of fact, I forgot about you. It's just so light. I'm wearing about it. these things. As you hand it off, I, oh, sort of uh, hand it back over to him. He grabs it. This is not my shield. Where did you find this? On you. You were wielding it. I have no memory of this shield. I'm usually clad in a in a fine white, blue and gold. That's not what he was wearing, right? He's wearing all black. He was, yeah, he was wearing full black, and the armor itself seemed resistant to your psychic blades when you tried to stab through it. That is not what you were wearing when we encountered you. You were in full black armor, and this shield, this sword. Most strange. The sword I recognize, that is of my make. But this shield I am fearful to wield. It's pretty scary. <laughs> that was pretty scary. Pardon me, I had to sneeze. <laughs> Let's see if acquisitions can outfit you. I'll cover the cost. You guys approach acquisitions, and in the hurry of the moment, you get them to hand over a full set of plate mail, give him another shield, a kite shield this time, and he takes his great sword from you. Uh, Jimmy and Clearstone look about each other and they come back to the desk and there is no such item in our inventory to protect against any sort of charm or sleep. The only one we know of, Jimmy, is in the possession of Wildfire. Uh, Wildfire is registered to have a circlet of protection against charm and sleep as well. A uh, fey an ancestry circlet. Do you know where Wildfire is? Is he in the guild currently? Uh, he's likely at his uh, bro-scale estate. I don't think we have time. Broadside looking out the window. Indeed we do not. The moon suggests that it is after ten. If we were to ride all the way to Noble Hollow, we must move very quickly if we plan to make it by midnight. Let's go. Let's go. All right. How are we going to go? We've got a cart we could use. We're going to be off trail, making our way up along the side of the river that l runs alongside Atmer and eventually makes its way out to the Great Lake, which is the same lake that, of course, had our two swamp adventures take place in our all-bronze operation. And far away in this Great Lake, far away is, of course, Skull Keep. So you're going to be moving in an area with no civilization and no trails. So we, I mean, we got to go by horse, right? Yeah. Uh, we uh, take the horses that pulled the cart. We can give each of the people, because I'm assuming Boonfellow's coming, so that gives us two extra horses. That's a horse for everybody. Cool. Then we will acquire our horses from there. Perfect. Grinkeeper will kind of look at the ground and kick a little and mumble to Slenderbelt. Can I ride with you? He's fine by me. 
Thank you. Grinkeeper and Splinterbelt share horse. Let's do some handle animal checks before we hit the road. Yeah. And of course, these are quite important at the moment because we are on a bit of a clock. Yeah, no kidding. I got an eight. You can do so with advantage, Grinkeeper, since Splinterbelt will be leading the way with a 21. A 21, it's yeah. It's 21, like, every time for I know. him. I'll handle all animal handling are, are my perfect roles today. It was horses. <laughs> I have 15. 15? Cool. Ko, how are you going to steady yourself? Uh, Ko's going to use the sash and try and harness himself to the horse. <laughs> Do so with advantage as the sash magically detects your needs and builds you some actual stirrups that work yeah, for your it's, form. it's not better. It's an eight with advantage because the other one was a three. All right. In, in the moment, you realize that making any sort of contraption to make yourself ride with any dignity isn't going to work out. You can just straight up strap yourself to the top of the horse. Yep. Alright. We're going to do. The sash snakes around your waist, doubling over around the horse's belly, and then climbs up around your back, making two large kind of backpack sashes that tie in a knot in front of the horse's neck, and you just sort of hold on to the neck and the whole body in one big go. With a 18 and a 23... Boonfellow and Broadside, respectively, mount their horses without problem. Broadside out in front, side, uh, out in front, in his rather generic-looking armor at the moment, but still has got himself his silver pin back on. We ride quickly. Follow me, and he yahs his horse, and he tears down the street of Atomer, heading north. All right, north we go. Yep. You guys clop, clop, clop on the cobblestone steps, make a right turn at the sort of center district area, past the markets where you originally fought that hag with the help of Willamette and Molly in our nice little, um, yeah, nice horse, uh, in the middle of our montage episode, head over the bridge, heading towards the farmlands, back towards the swamp, but make a left and head along the River Atomer up towards the lake. I uh, hear the water is flowing out of the mountains to the south, so you are riding with the flow towards the lake in this particular motion. And you ride at speed for an hour and a half, which brings you, as far as you know, dangerously close to midnight. If anyone is capable of, if anyone has an item, I don't think you do, probably a nature check would be your best way to tell the time as you start to move through the thickening trees. I have no advantage in nature. Does anyone have a a good Man, nature roll? I can, I'll roll it. A 17. It's pretty good. Yeah. My horse checks go to nature. <laughs> it's a good roll. And of course, without a clock, we can't say the exact time, but it is dangerously close to midnight. The moon near at its peak as you start to push through these woods. And... The trees give way to their foliage and are just sitting bare. There's no sprouts. There's no novels on them that would suggest future growth. And as you start to ride north here, you see the mud start to turn to stone, but it still possesses many of the waves, like um, like a dried-out lake bed. Mm very much taking hard form what was once full of water. 
And as you proceed through the trees, they start to have thickened trunks. And the knobs and holes and hollows on them are start to turn sharp and recessed in darkness. And it starts getting a little snow whitey. All the trees, upper branches, look as, as though their arms reaching out. And the hollows in them look like mouths and faces. You see some creatures, bugs, cockroaches move amongst the holes in the trees and start to make a shimmer off the moon's glow, looking like eyes in these trees. And even passing by one, you can see that they're completely petrified, just turned to stone where they stood. Your horses continue to move through speed across this land, and every little mud puddle that you splash through gives way to ten centipedes. And the ground is just thick with bugs that are all tumbling over each other as you make your way deeper. But eventually, Ko, you see out in front of you, right as this height of midnight is getting close to happening, a fire, a, a, a green fire shining through these woods. And I will reveal a bit of the map here that we're working with. I don't see it. Pardon me, my I'm battling my mouse at the moment. Oh, there it is. Now I see. It doesn't want to do the thing. So you find yourself on the edge here. I will add some additional tokens for Boonfellow and Broadside, who have accompanied you. But Ko has pointed out to you all in silence this circle of green flame out in front of you. Beyond that, in the darkness, you can't make out much. How do you proceed? Um, I think our normal order, plus those guys. So, Grinkeeper probably at the point there. I do you think... do so on horseback? Oh, good, good question. Well, let me ask you, is it like super, like anti-horse underbrush, you know, hard to move sort of terrain in here? You can see it out in front of you here. There are plenty of spaces for the horse to fit and proceed through. There is a opening, a clearing that you can make out to the right and the river to your left. So there are definitely areas where you could traverse a horse moving directly through the woods in front of you towards that fire. Wouldn't be very doable, though. So you'd have to circumvent and come around a little bit. Uh, I think Ko is going to, uh, in preparation for this, uh, I'm going to use my psionic recovery power to uh, get back one of my psychic energy dice, but I'm going to immediately spend it to do the telekinetic uh, communication to both Splendor Belt and Greenkeeper so that I can communicate to them uh, telepathically. And I believe that is a D6 to see how many hours that's good for. Let's just find out. It's always a one. <laughs> Every single time it's a one. <laughs> uh, so for the next hour, I can speak telepathically, and Ko is just going to send them a message and say, uh, keep writing. I'm going to sneak up ahead and undo Sultan's sash let it wind back around its neck and 
stop the horse and just tear off in a sprint because Ko can run, what is it, 70 feet? Actually, more than that. He's in 105 feet, I think, in a round using all his rogue traits. So he's a, he's a mad sprinter. That's pretty impressive. So 35, yeah, because you would do two dashes and another dash, right, in, in a sense? Yeah. So yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be 105. Yeah, so you can you can haul butt. So don't need the horse at the moment, and is gonna try and get in a flanking position to sneak up on the camp. Will you be going left or right by the river or through the woods? The Let's grandmother's go by the river. <laughs> let the <laughs> let the river mask the sound. Okay. Go ahead and move you that direction. I'm just going to split up your tokens a little bit here. Put Co out there, but of course that isn't measured, so feel free to adjust your position as we start to talk more here. Splendorbelt, Grinkeeper, Broadside, and Boonfeller are looking to you to lead the way. Uh, does your psychic connection have any sort of range on it, Co? One mile. Oh, oh, then we're perfectly fine. Pretty good. So Co yeah. can continue in silence to communicate with you guys if you have fur- further questions about what his plan is, but right now... The two, the war cleric and the fighter, look to you two to lead the way. All right, guys. Are we ready to create a diversion? Splinterbelt, can you run us in there and get me as close to whatever the summoning circle is? I figure it'll be obvious. And I'll jump around it and see if we can't interrupt this thing. Okay. We can give this shot. Let's do it. So you'll ride basically around and into the clearing where you will be seen by whatever is conducting this fire. Gallop. And you want no, you want no stealth. You want this to be a loud entrance, right? Let's make it as obnoxious as possible. All right. (laughs) What do you have any commands for broadside or boon fellow? Be obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can do <laughs> uh. <laughs> Co right. and John would also remind uh, the companions that he doesn't need to be the one to speak they can reach out to him telepathically as well alright I'm going to reveal the area obnoxious people move yourself where you would like to be okay you see a clearing ahead of you that you ride proudly out into. Gathered beneath this great petrified tree with a toothy wood-carved maw and great eyes. Its branches sort of hanging over as though it's dominating the space, arms out. is this great ancient tree, the Noble Hollow. And before it, you see a circle of green flame with a figure laying down inside of it, kind of collapsed and slumped over itself. There are four robed figures. One you immediately know on the far side who seems to be conducting whatever's going on, his hands busy, is the man with the dark mantle hat, this great sort of cultist hat that he has fashioned on top of his head. Otherwise, the two other robe figures seem rather plain in comparison, very much like your like cheat when you originally saw her. And then there is another large purple robe figure with glistening and 
jagged armor of magic sort of floating about him. And Slenderella, you would notice, you would recognize this from about two months ago when you originally entered the guild for the very first time, you briefly met Soulburn, mm. the half-orc warlock. Okay. And that'd be the figure closest to you here. Okay. Well, we would There ride. is one other passed out figure amongst us, not part of the circle, not really being cared for in any way. And you see Norman Green, the human archer, and he's tied up with his hands behind him and seems to be passed out on the ground nearby. Okay. So Splendor Belt and Grinkeeper on a single horse together, right out into the open. So I would, yeah, we'd put us like that. Perfect. And Boonfellow and Broadside kind of make a triangle behind you, Bring looking intimidating in their own ways, both with their weapons bare. And Grinkeeper will yell out, Everybody, pick a partner. <laughs> Ko, what do you do? Uh, Ko is going to be slipping uh, down the bank by the river, moving. I mean, based on how far he has to move, he doesn't have to necessarily go at an insane pace. Uh, trying again to use the sound of the water and their distraction to help his stealth and would probably be trying to take up a spot around there once he hears them starting to kick things off. All right, let's roll stealth with advantage then, since we have a loud grinkeeper yelling across our open swamp here. A 23. All right. All right, you reach that position and are unnoticed. However, as you start sneaking and climbing through your passive perception in the moonlight starts to pick out several other figures who have gathered around this place in a nearby tree up in the tree you see this sodden scaly looking old woman she is standing on the branches kind of peering out from behind one of the trees besides a a basic loincloth she's entirely naked and her toes are kind of curled around gripping the bri- the the branch that she stands on and out in the distance beyond this circle of cultists and greenkeeper and splendorbelt you see a bullywog those wet eyes staring through and even then to your left you see a fishman you're not sure who but a fishman watching from inside the water are bobbing up and down, trying to kind of keep a logish look about them, but your awesome perfe- perception is able to pick them out. I would uh, send the mental note to the companions, just pointing out that we're not alone. Don't know if they're enemies, um, but just identifying that there's something in the tree and the water and hiding in the back there. Grinkeeper, you've yelled, Everybody pick a partner. And Co. Splendorbelt, everybody hears this. Do you have anything else to say, or is that a battle cry? That's a battle cry. Yeah. So do you jump from the horse, or uh, do you wait? She's going to wait until Splendorbelt gets close enough to a target that she'll... (laughs) That she'll... (laughs) 
<laughs> He's entered the Wally rage. Yeah. Where he loves Wally so much he must sing. Uh, that she'll gracefully fall onto whoever it is. Excellent. Okay, so so Splinterbelt's going to pull the horse aside to, to the battle, and you are going to use your weight to fall upon on them and engage. I figure by this point she's fallen off the horse enough to know how to shift her weight to fall onto whoever it is. Fair enough. And being, what, 200-some, 300-some pounds? Like, she's heavy. Yeah, with, with all your armor on, with your massive war hammer and all that. Uh, as as you sort of poke Splendor Belt in the back to sort of advance you into the area, Broadside calls out, Solburn, you are confused. You must come with me and be cleansed of these dark thoughts that inhabit your mind. You are not yourself. The man in the dark mantle hat, which you now know is Merrick, speaks out of the side of his mouth, still trying to maintain his ritual. The time is nigh. I shall not be interrupted. Protect me. Protect me until the end, and I have completed the dark summoning. And that's where we find ourselves. Who wants to make the first move? Splendor Belt, you're being poked in the back to advance. I'll advance. You sort of clop the horse up a little bit. Yeah, I won't go crazy, but, you know, move up a little. I'll be wary. I know my my riding companion's a little excited. I want to overdo it. Solburn puts up a hand, and the robe sort of falls back along his wrist. And you see all the various knives and equipments of a warlock ready to be used. He goes, Halt. I cannot let you stop the master's ritual. You deal with me now, Solburn. And Boonfellow jumps off his horse and proceeds to begin grappling Solburn. And the two start to get into this dance back and forth as both hold on to their shoulders. Uh, you know, Boonfell or uh, uh, Broadside, excuse me, not really trying to hurt his fellow Silver Companion, but definitely trying to get him away from the area. Boonfell the back yells, all right, it's on! And slides off his horse and kind of ah, falls down to the ground, being a bit of a fall for a dwarf. And we engage in combat, so let's roll some initiative. Hell yeah. Eleven. 18. 17. Nice. Those initiatives. Yeah, not used to that. I'm messing around today. Finale. I am. I rolled a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody else is ready to go. Perfect. I'm just getting the other guys in here as they have rolled fresh as well. But Grinkeeper, you're up first. Splinterbell has advanced you uh, to just past where Soulburn and Broadside are currently wrestling it out on the ground. All right, she's going to stay on the horse until the next target gets close by. But while she's on the horse, she's going to cast Sacred Weapon with her channel Divinity so she can add plus two to attack rolls. And her weapon now glows with a bright light. 
Now, what does that look like for you? Because this is your first time using it, correct? You had another spell like this, but not Channel Divinity. I honestly don't remember if I've used it before. Okay. But well, we also pink, and it looks like cherry blossoms swirl around the weapon. There we go. We haven't really talked about what god you're a paladin of, but this is the sort of view we see of Grinkeeper's enchanted weapon, and you will attack anybody that Splendorbelt puts you close to. Splendorbelt, you're up next. You're on horseback, and you're sort of guiding Grinkeeper's first blow. All right. Well, I will kind of steer and swing my way so that she has the best reach. And in other words, I won't run the horse headlong. And this is the, this is her closest target, right? Just make sure I'm, whoops. Where's, uh, here's my laser. This guy right here, right? Exactly. Okay. So I would move so that it's like, you know, sort of this idea. The horse is going to, you know, I'll kind of go, uh, uh, get the laser out again. I kind of go, you know, if I'm riding this way, like that. And sort of swing the horse's butt by so yeah. Grinkeeper can deliver her blow. Exactly. Um, that, I, and that would be your movement. That's so what do you want to do in addition? Uh, okay, so my movement is that. And then my, uh, my I'm going to cast, uh, let's see. Where's Ko? You're way over there. Might be too far. Okay, I'm gonna hold that then because you're too far. I'm gonna cast Shield of Faith on uh, Grinkeeper. A shimmering field appears and surrounds this creature of my choice within range, granting it plus two bonus to AC for the entire duration. It's a awesome. ten, 10 minute concentration spell. Uh, so I will fart that in her direction behind me. Herp. And and she is now uh, even cooler than she was before. Excellent. And remember, too, everybody, I think we still have it on our character sheets, but you're also still under the effects of aid, the five bonus hit points that Splunderbelt gave you under eight hours ago. Oh, yeah. Which is oh, not yeah. a concentration. Yeah. So that's just a straight-up buff. Uh, you know, like powered fortitude kind of business. Right. So there are additional buffs uh, hovering around right now, but Grinkeeper has a plus two to AC, bringing her total to 21. Nice. Grinkeeper, you've been pulled alongside one of these cultists here. Which one looks most important? Well, the one in the back wearing the large dark mantle hat looks most important, but otherwise the other two uh, seem to be aiding in his ritual. She's gonna run, she's gonna go for the dark mantle guy. Okay, so jump right off and go straight for the lead cultist, Merrick. Yes. Okay, make your move, position yourself, and make your attack. Okay, he's at the top of the triangle? Uh, correct. She'll wait till the horse is past the close one so she doesn't take attack of opportunity. So Splunderbelt continues to sort of pull the horse up around. You jump off and engage Merrick. And then just for a straight hit with the Warhammer with her shield out. Cool. Give us a swing of that Warhammer. A nine. A nine is a miss, even against this cloth wearer. <laughs> 
<laughs> a loud miss happens. Yep, real loud. The air just sounded like a shield, but nope. Does Phelan look like he's in some sort of shield? Uh, he's in the circle of green fire, and looking ever so briefly down to your side, you, sit, you see that he's sitting atop a stone circle of some kind, some sort of platform that's been either constructed or placed there. Okay, in that case, she will cast Compelled Duel on Merrick. Which is a bonus action? Correct. You, uh, what was Channel Divinity earlier? A full action. Okay, so you were hoping to cast that uh, turn creature as an action. You present your holy symbol and give yourself. So you cast that more as we were about to head into battle. Yeah, on the back of oh, the okay. horse before we moved. Cool. I'm just making sure we're not having multiple, multiple bonus actions, multiple actions here. All right, compelled dual bonus action. Go for it. And it is now cast. Therefore, I have to make a wisdom check if I were to attack anything but you as Merrick. Yep. Perfect. All right. The cultist nearby, the one that we sort of rode close to, runs up and tries to seize Splendor Belt and pull him down off the horse. Great. Well, it's not great. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, for me. Oh, good. <laughs> he, he gets a he gets an eight oh. and doesn't even succeed in grabbing you properly and more sort of just jiggles your boot about a bit. All right. That pleases Splendor Belt. <laughs> <laughs> this pleases me. Uh, the other one in fantastic cultist form runs towards the Soulburn broadside battle on the ground and adds to the pile, attempting to pull broadside off Soulburn, but doesn't succeed in doing so. Co, you're up. All right. Uh, with that guy going by, I think that puts Merrick as the closest option here. 30. Oh, I can get just to him. Perfect. So I'm going to creep up behind Merrick and attempt to stab him in the back with a psychic blade. And I believe that has advantage because of the hidden nature of it. Correct. For a dirty 20 to hit him. All right, that's a hit. Okay. Eight initial psychic damage and an additional four sneak attack psychic damage. Bonus action. And then bonus action. Let's stab him with that short sword of life stealing. With a 19 to hit. Good hit. And a whole damage to him from that sword. Just one damage? Yep. All right. Damage. A whole damage. Gotcha. A whole damage. He's getting the whole damage. All right. You line him up with 13 points, 12 being psychic of damage. And he, ah, and attempts to hold on to his ritual, which he does. Protect me! He calls out. Soulburn's turn. 
on, on the ground underneath broadside. He manages to cast a spell. Everyone make a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom, is it? This would be a magical effect, yes? This would be a magical effect, yes. That is a 21 for my save. 18 for me. You both do not receive any effects from these magical whispers that sort of leak out and climb around the area through the air. 11. Grinkeeper, you take 10 points of psychic damage. And while you can't quite make out what's being said in the whispers, they do involve a name. Or Gothel Argear. As convoked, is summoned, is called upon by this warlock. Broadside continues his wrestle and manages to keep Soulburn down and unable to move about and make other targets. Boonfellow joins the battle and runs up from the ground, making it not all the way there as he was climbing up from falling off the horse. And with no spells left to cast, he throws his warhammer forward at the figure that is doing its best to assault Splendorbelt's boot. It's a miss, and the hammer flies by. And he... Ah! As it flies. Grinkeeper, we're back to you as our Merrick figure continues to channel his ritual, though he does cast a quick spell upon himself, and you see that shimmering armor, much like Phelan had down in the dungeon. It's a mage armor. She'll take a swing with her warhammer. All right. Another nine. Another nine misses. Though you do see Ko behind the figure, so you are occupying his attention, but unable to hit him through his magical armor again. Splendorbelt. All right. I will see that... Uh, I will see that Grinkeeper has, has uh, taken a bit of... Uh, a bit of damage, and I would I would cast uh, I would I would heal her, cast cure wounds, which is a touch spell. So you do need to get in range oh, for it. Oh, it is, you... isn't it? Yep. I keep forgetting that's a touch spell. How about less. And she's not below half, which is where your divine heal comes in as part of your class. Hell so you'd have no. to get up on her. And if I do that, I'll get a chance of reprisal from this butthole I'm in right in front of, right? Yeah, he might pull off your boot or something. And I'm still on the <laughs> I'm still on the horse, so yep. Mm, okay, well, that's weird. I'm not going to do that. Instead, what I'm going to do is I am going to try to move. Um, whoops. Oh, yeah, wait, horse kicking, John Wick style. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see if I can do this. I mean, you, you could with animal handling. You could command the horse to kick. Could I? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, pull the hair right, bring him around and, uh, with expert horsemanship. I do you might wanna, be able to command him to kick. I want to do that. All right. <laughs> Let's do an animal handling then. That sounds awesome. 
All right, here we go. Uh, 13. That is a go. Oh, good. We are go for hooves. All right. I'm going to turn them around. And then just kapow right in the freaking noggin with my feet or my horse feet. We have a hit. Bludgeoning damage flows forth and he is knocked back five feet from the kick. Nice. That's my action so I can move. Yep. All right. Well, now that he's out of striking distance, I'm going to go. Who's the purple over here up in the upper right? This. Uh, those would be figures that I don't think Ko has told you about yet, but that would be I the. I told them they existed, but I don't think he would know where. Exactly. Okay. Right. In that case, I'm going to ride up and around to about there. About there, I'm st- and I'll stay on horse. Cool. So you sort of skirt the battle around, riding some twenty feet, and now find yourself looking over the sandwich made by Grinkeeper, Arcultus Merrick, and Co., who are all trying to interrupt his concentration. Yep. This cultus is on the ground in the back, but we'll get to him in a moment as he stands up. And is swiftly knocked out by Boonfellow, who uses his turn to run up behind him and just smack him on the back of the head. He had very little hit points left after the horse kick. The other cultist continues to battle and manages, actually, to push broadside off of Soulburn, who stands up. <laughs> That's a good sound. I was trying to find a grunt he'd make if he fell, but Silburn casts a spell. Magical tendrils of darkness go down his hands and sort of empower his palms, and he attempts to grab broadside along the side of the head, making some sort of pulling motion as he does, sort of putting his head back and hoping something channels from Broadside into Soulburn, but he misses. Broadside starts dragging his grappled companion out now, succeeding yet again in grabbing Soulburn and moving him trying to get him away from what's going on here. So this cultist is down, Boonfellow is free, Grinkeeper, Merrick, Co. are all engaged, Slenderbelt looks over on horse, and it is now Merrick's turn. He continues the ritual, but he is capable of putting out a bonus action here and a reaction. He prepares some sort of spell you've never seen before. Grinkeeper, you're back up. But Splendorbelt, let's go ahead with your turn. Okay. And I don't know what that spell was. Did he just You're did? not sure. Without being trained in the arcane arts, you're unsure of what spell he has prepared as some reaction or bonus action coming up here. Did my move get skipped? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we did speed by you, Ko. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I want to try and stab him again. I know that'll surprise people, but... uh, I'm shocked, honestly. I can't believe it. Big stab. Can't believe Uh, what's happening. Dirty 20. Dirty 20 is a hit. 
right. 10, and then the sneak attack for 20 total damage in the first strike. Damn. And then follow it up with an attempt to stab him with the other sword. That's a 15. That is a hit, even through his magical summon armor. My gosh, I got like max dice on every one of those rolls almost. Uh, Six slashing damage with that one. All right, let's roll. Let's roll. He succeeds in holding on to the channel. He is not interrupted, though he is worse for wear. And not looking good at all, but he is holding on fanatically to this. Down on one knee, still channeling energy, attempting to complete the magical words as he makes his way through the the ritual itself. Uh, He's repeating to himself that same something you heard in that whisper. Grinkeeper. Orgothal Agir Urun Ractus. Orgothal Agir Urun Ractus. Orgothal Urun Urio Ractus. But we go to Grinkeeper's turn. Fifteen with her hammer. You hit. All right, 13 damage plus two with that blessing she has, so 15 damage. He goes down. You knock him as he's down on one knee. You want non-lethal? Non-lethal. Okay. All the same, Holy Warhammer, a shining with petals, flower petals, swings there, making this arc of cherry blossoms, and you knock him right along the side of the head, (laughs) non-lethally. (laughs) And he falls down. And as he sort of slides down, his hands outreached towards that stone circle, the fire flickers around Phelan and continues to spin around it. And as it does, the, the fire speeds up and Phelan starts to lift into the air slightly. And you can see these, the magical ashes from the flames are kind of centering around his eyes and starting to fly into Phelan, whose body like uh, like the beast about to shoot lasers from his fingertips and turn into a beautiful man, is lifted into the air and suddenly the chanting stops and Phelan slams as though in like pushed into the rock and it breaks into pieces. As you see it break with your passive perception, Co., you can see that it is very much the same sort of stone plate with the gears along the side that you found a piece of down in your dungeon earlier today. But as this thing breaks, the fire stops suddenly. And it goes completely quiet around the area. Whoa. A hush sort of falls. Broadside and Soulburn struggling on the floor nearby give up their engage. And Soulburn pushes himself to the feet. Oh, where am I? The cultist knocked out by the horse is still knocked out. He does not raise up. Uh, there was another cultist part of the broadside Soulburn pile. And he also kind of plops down onto his butt. And, what? 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 But that silence is broken quickly as the ground starts to tremor. 
and you see cracks form and sort of weaving out from the broken disc with Phelan on top of it. And the large tree behind the noble hollow shudders. And you can see its roots, those stone roots start to break apart. It would currently be Splunderbelt's turn as all this happens around you. Okay. I'm sorry, the status of Merrick currently is what? Down on his face non-lethally. Okay. But he is not casting anymore. Hmm. All right, I'm going to hop off my horse and uh, touch Grinkeeper and, and give her some health. Nice. Uh, Roll your cure wounds. Let's do that real quick here. Uh, cure wounds. Here we go. Oh, that's pretty good. I heal her for a total of 11 healing points, points of life. Nice. Yeah. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) That takes Krinkeeper from 27 up to 38, which is just three shy of her max. Nice. All right. Um, And I moved off the horse, so I guess that's my turn. Co. Um, the flames have died down. I'm going to move over and see if Phelan is uh, alive or not. Make a medicine check. Oh, it's almost good. Seven. (laughs) You're not sure. All right. You're not a doctor. Yeah, just a rogue. We reach the end of the turn order. As Boonfellow kind of drags his horse-kicked occultist over to you all and goes, Well, that was pretty easy. The ground gives way in a great big fall. Everyone roll acrobatics checks. Jeez. Or athletics, if you would rather. When you say the ground, what are we talking here? Big radius? We're talking the ground. Ugh. 22. 15. Sorry, what was the, it? Was athletics, you said? Athletics or acrobatics, your choice. Um, I'll do uh, I think athletics is, yeah. Uh, a six. A three. <laughs> three plus three. Not happy with that. All right. Let me describe what's going to happen and then I'll set it up here. The entire ground around the ritual gives way and falls into this massive pit. All of it sort of just collapsing in down into this hole. It even reaches the river nearby, which immediately starts pouring water in this waterfall down in. Phelan, all of our unconscious cultists, everybody falls except for... Grinkeeper, who manages to hold on to the tree, which is kind of hanging over the pit, grabbing onto one of the branches. Ko, you take no fall damage. You're able to just sort of roll out of it with your acrobatics. But everyone ends up falling into this underground cavern that has opened up 
the magic of the ritual breaking that disc seems to have caused everything to shatter in the immediate area. Now I'm going to move over some tokens. So, Broadside, Soul Burn, Boonfellow, the unconscious Norman Green, Grinkeeper currently flying in the air. I'm going to position you there, but you're holding on to the tree above. Merrick takes some damage in his unconscious form and falls. You're unsure of death saving throws on him at the moment. Phelan also falls. Ko, you sort of rolled out down by the water as it sort of pools towards the bottom and Splendor Belt. You're the one who took the full fall damage and end up about there. So you're in this massive underground cavern that has been opened up to the sky. The water is rather thunderous as it just pours into this area now anew underground. And as you push yourselves up, the entire party, Boonfellow, Broadside, Soulburn, everybody is down here. And looking about you, you see a room of stalagmites all around. How much damage did I take falling? Uh, You took seven. Seven. Fall damage. All right. Got it in there. All right. And in the center of the room is this massive 18-foot stalagmite that kind of looks like a pillar, like an obelisk, sitting in the middle of everything. All these pink tokens I've spread around the room, those are in motion, inching across the ground. And you're rather familiar with them. They're all piercers. Big, four-foot-long slug types that like to climb on ceilings and try to get a, a jump on you and then try to climb right back up. Nasty little guys. And they all kind of and notice you and their eyes, you know, a foot wide kind of blink and they proceed to crawl away to the corners of the room. And some that are along the side of the room start to try to climb up the edges to get that position. But also amongst all these rocks that have fallen down, which are noted here by the dark squares, the rocks from above, the sand, the water, there's a couple of drowning piercers piled around. All of them have taken massive damage as this whole cave system has collapsed and revealed this massive stalagmite. Grinkeeper will mentally call out to Ko because she's not quite sure where he is. Ko, send the rope. I'm holding on real good to this tree. All right, Ko, that's a good idea. Ko's gonna move over underneath Grinkeeper and try to throw up Sultan's sash. How far of a fall was it? It was to throw the rope up. About twenty-five feet. So you could easily get the rope in motion towards her. Yeah. So uh, Ko will move over there, toss the rope up. So Ko kind of wades through the water that's building here as it's tumbling over the great hollow tree bent over and, and sort of sp- putting its uh, branches over the top of this area as Grinkeeper holds on up there. Splenderbelt, with your passive perception, you're looking at this massive pillar that dominates the center of the room. Mm. And, I'll, and I'll mark it here. And towards the base of it, you see a 
slimy sort of crevasse, a hole. And as you watch it, this stringy pod kind of falls out the back. (laughs) Great. And as it untangles itself and casts off its shell, you see a piercer. This one little eye and its little mouth kind of and kind of like, a, like a, freshly, away. a freshly birthed one, like a baby. Seems that way. Okay. Hmm. All right. My reaction would be go would be to say. <laughs> 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 With Grinkeeper calling from above for the rope and Co wading through the water, there is quite a bit of noise and sloshing and pouring and broadside, boon fellow, soul burn, all kind of getting themselves up, dusted off, and looking to Co and Grinkeeper to start forming this escape. Splendor Belt's uh, 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 kind of <laughs> echoes across the chamber. And as it echoes around, you see that pillar ahead of you shift slightly, Splendor Belt. And it cracks about seven feet up. You see this jagged sort of... And all these little yellowish rock blobs. Eye boogers just start, like, cascading down from it, and this three-foot eye opens up on the pillar. I'm gonna drop a picture for you all in the Discord. Alright, let's see. Oh, no. Oh, geez. Look at that. A mouth opens up at the base, and it's like a goblin shark. The thing sort of unfolds on the sides, the stony exterior that hides it, fold back, and the teeth itself can kind of extend out and sort of chomp the air. And it gives this great... And out of the sides, you see these little nubs start waving, and they extend dramatically out. 50 feet long tendrils start whipping about. And all at the same time, you see another little... Birth happen out the back of this thing. <laughs> it's like the slurm queen. Oh man, a lot like that. Yeah. Except, I guess she wasn't giving birth; she was squirting her tail into slurm cans. But whatever. it was still pretty gross. It yeah, was pretty gross. Yeah. Oh wow. This thing is awake. You are all surrounded by piercers. And we begin. It attacks first. Its tendrils fly out in all directions, grabbing at anything it can. And it makes four of these attacks on creatures in the area. They're all going to be randomized here. There's quite a few targets as you brought some bonuses with you. So allow me to roll real quick and we'll see what we got. So we have a 24 to hit Splendor Belt. That hits. A 14 on Co. Nope, that's a miss. I mean, not that I'm sad you're not getting hit. Or, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're not getting hit. I just meant that's my luck is bad. I have a high AC. Anyway. One reaches around the unconscious Norman nearby. And these tendrils are pretty thin. They don't seem to be armored. They sort of just exhume from the sides like uh, of its own growth and blobbiness. They're not reinforced. 
So Splendor Belt, Norman are both grabbed, as well as Soulburn. It then uses Reel, which moves you all in 25 feet to the target. And you're all being kind of picked up as it drags you around and moves you randomly through the air. And the whole pillar kind of leans back as that maw extends and opens wide to drop you all in. And now we make the real scary roll. Oh no. Splinterbelt, Norman, and Soulburn are all grabbed, have been dragged into melee range. One, two, three. Splinterbelt's the one. Three. Soulburn is the one who is attacked by the bite attack. He takes 22 points of damage. <laughs> oh my gosh. Immediately falls unconscious okay. in the creature's mouth. So it extends that jaw and just kind of like it's spring-loaded. It goes open then smacks down on him. And he is just hanging out of the corner of the mouth. Unconscious. Probably a little worse than that. Splendor Belt. It's your turn. Okay. Still pretty... Well, let's see. If you wear you are currently I... grappled and you are restrained Am with I on the... disadvantage on the strength check. Am I on the map? I don't see myself. Oh, where did you yeah. go? I don't know. I saw I saw, I saw myself before. You might you might have gone under a target here. I'll give you oh, a, okay. a fresh one. That's fine. Um, okay, I'm grappled and I'm pulled up close. Yep. So you're currently restrained as well, which means the creature's speed becomes zero because I'm in charge of it because I'm grabbing you. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage. Okay. And attacks from the creature have disadvantage. You also have disadvantage on dexterity saving checks. Okay. Well, we're up close and personal here. Let's do... Uh, I have advantage, eh? But I'm getting, disadvantage. Oh, I have disadvantage on any... any. Oh, okay. So, some, and a direct attack would have disadvantage, but you do possess abilities, items, spells, maybe, that are just saves for me, or something that happens sure, to the allies. Sure, Um. Okay, well, in that case... Oh, is this even going to work on you? Hold on. Okay, I'm going to try to command you. The The spell is a cleric uh, spell called command. I haven't used it before. Um, it will tell you to either flee, drop, approach, grovel, or halt. Or maybe I did use it for grovel once. I think I did. Yes, anyway. you used it once on a grovel for a grick, and then you made... Big bleeper bloops grovel, I think, too. Okay, well, this one I'm going to tell you to drop me, and you must make a wisdom 13 saving throw. Okay, yeah, drop whatever it's holding, which would be, well, uh, Norman and yourself at the moment. Right. Oh, it could drop both of us, that's true. Yeah, because it'd be dropping whatever it's holding. Yeah, yeah. we'll take both. The best part is it spends its turn doing it, I believe. Mm. Yes. Doesn't it? Let's see. Top of commands, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you, the GM determines how the target behaves, the target follow your command spell. I don't see the turn bit. Uh, that's the grava, whatever it's holding, and then ends its turn. Yeah, yeah. So part of the drop text is uh, that I end okay. my turn as soon as I drop you. So the drop is kind of your action. 
Yeah, so let's 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 roll. Let's do uh, a wisdom and let's see. And I got a ten. Oh well, then you failed. Damn. Yep. Good call. Drop that shit. <laughs> All right, you'll be dropped on my turn. Okay. Awesome. Um, that's all I'll do given disadvantage stuff. I don't, there's nothing else I really can do. I can't move, I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm good. Grinkeeper, you are up. But we can proceed to Ko's turn should it be necessary. Oh, there she is. <laughs> We're in mom mode. Ko, let's do your turn. Okay. Uh,. don't think I can get up to it to attack. You would be moving uh, through difficult terrain in the water. Okay. So... I think Ko will go ahead and... Let's see, we're going to have to do range stuff only have that with my bow so I will get out my bow and take a shot at the creature I guess that's what we'll do that sounds like a good plan and it's a nine to hit miss you clink off its stony exterior all right, that's it. That's what we got. Grinkeeper, uh, you know what? what do you I want will to do? use. Oh. I will use a little movement, just because ranged isn't exactly fun. So we'll five, ten, fifteen. We'll at least get a little closer. The rope's been thrown and attached, right? Like that business was taken care of, or did that need to be resolved still? No, you would still be commanding the rope to move through the air, but you did throw it up a length, and Grinkeeper is ready to receive it. So it's beyond your need to be involved. Okay. Perfect. Greenkeeper, you're holding on to the edge of the tree, hanging over this pit that everybody has fallen into. Okay, and the rope is headed up toward me, correct? Yep, currently snaking its way through the air. Okay, can I grab it where it is right now? Yes. All right, so she grabs it, and she'll spend her action tying it to the tree branch, and then she'll use her movement to slide down and start running toward the creature. Sounds good. Is there any bonus action you'd like to take? No. All right. That's Splinterbelt Co. We've got Boonfellow, who steals himself and runs in with a hammer attack and does succeed in hitting. He just starts running up with his warhammer and just knocking a little stony piece off the side of this. Broadside attacks as well. Swings his sword twice and hits one time. They're both kind of focused. Uh, oh, wait, no, broad. Wait, broadside. No, 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 broadside's good. Okay. So they're dealing damage at the base of this creature, but it doesn't seem to be making too big of an impact, though they are wailing pretty hard back there. Soulburn is passed out. Norman is passed out. And Phelan is down in the water right now. We're back to Splendorbelt. All right. So we're not grappled anymore, right? We're dropped? 
Yes, because okay. on my turn, I dropped you all and ended my turn. That's right. Um, so you're all free. Excellent. Um, well, now I'm going to do... I'm, I'm, I'm within melee here, so I would like to do... And maybe we're near its eye. It's not low enough, is it? I mean, it's, it's what, 13 feet up the, the tower here, yeah. so if you have a way to reach it... All right, I'm pulling out my heavy crossbow. Okay. Slink out of the, my back of my back there, and uh, I'm going to do... Um, let me do hit. It's oh, 100 feet on this thing? That's crazy. 11? A miss. Shit poopy. All right. <laughs> then I will whiff and... Uh, Mm, DM, if I move, will I uh, incur a, uh, a uh, what do you call it, a, a hit of close connection or whatever that's called? Yes. What's it called? Uh, attack of opportunity. Attack of opportunity. And you're, you're right in front of its mouth, so it'd be a very, very big attack of opportunity. All right, I will not move then. And um, any bonus action you'd like to use? That much I can do. Um. Hold on a second. Yeah, there's really nothing I can do here. So, I'll... I'm just going to double check this here. Bonus action, spiritual weapons, not really going to do much for me. Well, hmm. Alright, you know what? As a bonus action, I will create my spiritual weapon. Um, The talking potato flying mace? Yes. Yes, and it will. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Where's my? I got. I have to hit with it. Hold on. I haven't done this before. Oh, not bad. Twenty-one. I assume that hits. That is a hit. All right. It will take its turn right away. I believe. Yep. Yeah. You create the weapon and then it attacks. Yep. So here goes. A seven in slashing damage. Oh, does it say? Well, we would make it bludgeoning since we've made it one of your face maces. Oh, okay. Oh, and it says, I'm sorry, it says force damage. I take I take it all oh, back. Cool. Perfect. Seven force damage. You smack this, this pillar of a monster upside the head. Sweet. And I, will, na- I will name him Spud because of potatoes. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Spud the sword. <laughs> Uh, my go. Um, did I hear you say right that even in melee range, it would be up? It would be a vertical climb to be able to hit the creature. So ranged is probably best. If you, I mean, you're both broadside and Boonfell are attacking it at its base. Uh, Splinterbelt there was attempting to aim at the eye, which is 13 feet or so up in the ah, air. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, you know what? Let's keep shooting at it. So I will uh, take another shot with the short bow for a natural 20 for 26 to hit. All right. Let loose the natural 20 house rules and let's see what you get. Only a 10 for the four. Okay. Then give me a normal old crit with your short bow. All the okay. same. Were you, were you aiming for that eye? Yeah, let's aim for that eye. All right. Let's quit that eye. 
That doubles the damage dice, which I am getting sneak attack, which means... Hold on. I'm going to do... Okay. So the short bow is would be 2d6 then, and then the sneak attack would be 4d6. Roll that. That's a 24 plus 4 for 28 piercing damage. Nice hit. 28 piercing right into the eye. So you don't hit it in the dead center, but you do stick it right in the globby globs. And just that white ooze just starts pouring out of it and then waves its arms around wildly, having been forced to drop anything by magical means. Uh, another little birth pod falls out the back as it screams. Ew. <laughs> but you have done considerable damage to it in its most unarmored of places. Boonfellow. Let's loose his hammer attack and hits. Broadside, let's loose two attacks which ding and make sparks off the scaly stone skin of the figure. We've done some pretty considerable damage to the beast so far. We are currently at 59 points of damage dealt across everybody, plus the additional hit from Boonfellow taking us to 67. That's not bad. Not bad at all. However, it is my turn. And I'm no longer enchanted to drop said things. I attack Ko with a 13 versus AC. Nope, not going to do it. All right. Another grab at Splendor Belt with a 19. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> Poor Splendor Belt. Gosh dang Broadside it. and Boonfeller are both grabbed into the air. And you are all kind of swung and positioned like a kraken over its mouth as it goes for Splinterbelt on one, Boonfell on two, and Broadside on three. Splinterbelt is attacked by the mouth. Great. 20 versus AC. Holy shit! Yes, that hits. I have a high AC, but you have the highest rolls. You take 22 points of damage. Oh my gosh. Okay. As its mouth springs out and smacks down on you. <sighs> you still going? Yeah, I'm up. All right. All right. He's still up. He's still up, but still in the creature's grasp. You can see as that bite slammed down, that soul burn took another kind of bite along his side. It's completely passed out in the side of the creature's mouth up there by the canines. Oh, the whole thing's canines, but you know, getting <laughs> chewed on. <laughs> It's Grinkeeper's turn. All right, Grinkeeper is going to run as fast as she can to get in range for a javelin throw, and then she's going to chuck a javelin at that eye. Which javelin? The regular javelin. She already used the special power. Cool. Regular javelin flies through the air. 16? 16 is a miss. Oh, wait, hang on. Let me check my... Oh, no, never mind. I have minus dexterity. Never mind. Even though I'm blinded temporarily by Ko's nice arrow shot. I am not doing any dodging as I am a living pillar. So you do not have any <laughs> advantage there. Is there anything you want to do with your bonus action? Nope. 
a Grinkeeper is now engaged in melee, and I will drag you into such a position. Uh, you are right below Splendorbelt as well, who's being chewed on. Splendorbelt, it's your turn. You're still conscious. You're currently in the creature's mouth, Beautiful. still being held by its tendril. Beautiful. And all uh, restrictions previously to uh, rolls are in place, I suppose. Exactly. The disadvantage and the advantage I get. All right. So um, we're going to... I may as well do this again. I'm going to command it again to drop right. us. If we can drop us, you bastard. Um, this is going to... Let me go ahead and cast it. Uh, you need to do a wisdom 13. That is your last spell, correct? At level two, yeah. Yeah. I cool, I'm just making sure we're using our spell slots and everything's good to go there. Yeah. Yep, so that's the last one. Let's let it rip. I got a seven. Oh, good. Okay. My turn will be dropping you all. Awesome. Now, my bonus action um, with the sword I can do without... Or do I have to still adhere to disadvantages i shouldn't right it's kind of a separate thing as long as you're able to mentally command it it is fine is it a cr- concentration spell it is not it's not it, wow cool and he's still yeah. up there so no, no problem so he's still hanging out uh old spud so really all i have to do is just go for damage or go for hitting yep. damage so here we go uh that'd be a 13 to hit it scrapes across it doesn't deal any real damage damn it all right, man. It's a plus five to hit, and it's still I'm just the suckiest roller today. Hey, it, you've made this creature spend two turns dropping people. I think that's a yeah. pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty MVP. This thing could kill uh, most of us in two hits. So yeah. uh, there, there will be no solid. third. However, just so everyone knows, I'm out of slots. Um, all right, um, that's my turn then. Go your turn, with Spud. All right, uh, I'm going to not move, and as a result, take a aimed strike with the short bow, and fire with advantage to try and hit this thing. With a 16 as the best to hit. That's a miss. All right, that's it. I committed everything to that attack. It was right. two bad rolls in a row. But still a massive crit on its eyeball in the previous turn. All right. We have... So it does. I don't drop until the turn, so we need to do Broadside and Boonfellow. Broadside manages to cut his tendril off and free himself, but he was going to be freed anyway. He didn't know it. Boonfellow, however, is entirely wrapped up in the tendril for his turn. We go back to Roper, excuse me, the pillar. <laughs> we go back to the creature. The creature, forcibly, by the will of Palor, blinded with an arrow in its eye, drops everybody where they stand. Nice. And Splendor Belt, you slide out of the mouth as you were technically being held by teeth, and it dropped you. Nice. Grinkeeper, you're up. All right, Grinkeeper's gonna chuck another javelin at the thing. All right, bring it. Twelve, it's gonna miss. It's gonna be a miss. Is there anything but, else you'd like to do? Yes, uh, she's going to spend her bonus action uh, casting Shield of Faith on Splendor Belt. 
He gets a plus two bonus to AC. Nice. So you both have exchanged shields of faith. Nice. All right. A, a cultural exchange. <laughs> My God protects you. Your God protects me. Yeah. We're we're a happy family. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Splendor Belt, make sure to make note of your bonus to AC as we head towards your turn. Okay. Now free of the beast small. Uh, what does it give me? Plus two? Plus two AC. Plus two AC. Okay. So. That still wouldn't have saved me from your last hit, but I'll, I, I feel good about my chances moving forward. Oh, you're up, and it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn, sorry. Uh, okay, well, now that I'm dropped and back in fighting position, how's his eye doing? Put it in a body bag. His, <laughs> his eye's not, like, gone, right? It's... No, it's got an arrow in it, and he's blinking through the pain, but it wasn't necessarily in the center of the iris, so he's still able to see. Okay. Um, then I'm going to go ahead and do... Uh, I'm going to heal myself a little bit, and then I'm going to have a bonus action after that. So let's just cast... Um, well, you are at below half health, so you could choose to use, though you might not want to, hmm. your... Channel Divinity Preserve Life. It's an ability you haven't used yet. It is it is the cream of the crop blessing of Paylor. Yeah, I haven't used that. How the heck does this work? Hold on. Uh, channel Divinity. As an action, you can restore 20 HP. Choose any creatures within 30 feet of you and divide those hit points among them. This feature can restore a creature to no more than half its current hit points. So you can't bring anyone to full or take them past the halfway point. Okay. Um. Mm. I actually kind of like this idea. You say it'll give me twenty. Is that you said? It can restore up to twenty, so you have a max health of thirty-six. Thirty-six, right? Which, since you've never, yeah, thirty-six. So that would be eighteen. You could take yourself up to 18 hit points, which would be 11, and that would leave you with 9 to spend out within 30 feet of you. Yeah, if you and not lose a slot is the main thing. Or right, this is your channel divinity, once per day ability. Um, You know what? I'm going to use it. So, Let's do it. Um, Do I have to roll anything? I don't think I do, right? Nope, this is just holy light emanating out from you. You're basically a... Well, it, it's up to you on this but you are going to be dispersing healing energies to yourself and those around you. Okay. As your most dramatic spell. I'm doing it. I'll say I'll yell some ridiculous thing about Paylor and then I will launch that bastard and get myself up. Oh, this is this is the this is like the the official handshake with Paylor. I want to know what those official words are. All right. Um Uh, I'll reach both hands to the sky and I'll look up and I'll say uh, I'll say by day or by night I seek Paylor's might and then uh, and then that's it <laughs> I'll, I'll do you that. Feel the might. Yeah, I'll feel the might, and it'll fill me up, and then I'll bl- I'll glow briefly with a huge amount of healing and blow everybody's mind with my awesome eighteen point. Oh yeah, no, it, it, a single star above brightens, and a spotlight shines down directly onto you 
and you are bathed in the healing light of Paylor. You feel a great smiling sun cascade its radiance down upon you. And with uh, nine hit points still left, where do you want to divvy them up? You can shoot them in any direction you choose within 30 feet. Uh, pretty sure... Grinkeeper's the one with the most... Well, I don't know. John, where are you at? Are you hurting? At full health. All right, so Grinkeeper, I'll give you the rest. Well, let's see if we can even heal Grinkeeper. Yeah, I only need a few points. Oh, are you back? If she's not at half, so she's above half, so she can't be healed more. can't use it anyway. All right, how about our other... How about our NPC buddies? Any of them in uh, dire straits? Well, we got Soulburn currently being chewed on in the mouth. And... Phelan passed out in the water in the drink <laughs> and Norman passed out about uh, actually how far away is he he's just about at 30 feet he's at 30 feet away there's also the cleric who was knocked out by Grinkeeper alright I feel like um, dude in the mouth deserves some love so at the very least I would I would want some healing to go to him uh, okay, how maybe, many points? Maybe all of it. Let's just give them all eight. Okay, all nine healing points. Or nine, sorry. Fly towards Soulburn, who has been chewed on. Now, lucky for us, or for anyone really concerned about Soulburn at home, he has been succeeding in his death saving throws through all this chewing. Oh, that's good. Oh, jeez. So he <laughs> just been quietly up. death saving throw over there. Okay, I like it. He. Like escaping the, the maw of a crocodile, kind of rolls sideways across the teeth and slides rather uneloquently face down, like on a, a children's slide, down the beast <laughs> and pushes himself back up. Nine hit points better for himself. Adjusts his robe and gives you a nod of approval. That's awesome. It would be Coast turn. All right. Let's try this again. Take another aimed shot with the bow. Uh, 17. 17 is a miss. <sighs> again, you hammer into the stony exterior. But free of the tendrils, thanks to command, Boonfellow. Broadside, both unleash attacks, each hit once. Dealing 18 points of damage together. And a now awake and unshoot on Soul Burn lets loose. A shocking grasp. He walks up to the creature, places his hands upon it and attempts to deal lightning damage. Melee spell attack. And it works. It hits, the creature takes four points of lightning damage and can't make any reactions on its turn. So that might be your opportunity to move away from the mouth if you wanted to, Splinterbelt. Yeah, I'm gonna. Can I do it now? That'll be on your turn. Oh, I forgot to do my freaking bonus action with the sword again. Yeah, but that's fine. Well, I would allow it. We haven't we haven't reached the creature's turn yet, and the hammer is free of its own will in a sense. So, all right, fair enough. Give it a potato smack. Let's do it. Uh, okay, hold on. Action bonus action. Here we go. 
come on. 20, not natural. A spuddy blow rings true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that will be a grand total of four points of damage. And that's force damage. Nice. Perfect. Shling, shling. That was the pile. We're back to the roper. Mr. Roper? Oh. Mr. Roper is my father. Yeah. (laughs) Well, technically, this thing is a mother. (laughs) A seven on the tendril on Spunderbelt. Congratulations, Spunderbelt. Thank you. 16 on Ko. That meets it. All right. You are grabbed by the tendril. A complete miss on Boonfellow. And a complete mess on Soulburn, which means Ko is the only one grabbed. Ah, oh, nuts. Oh, man. Though we might be in luck here, Ko. I probably shouldn't say that before I actually measure. But you are technically 40 feet away from the creature and are only dragged 25 feet towards its mouth. Hey, we're not So there you manage yet. to get much closer, but ultimately do not receive the bite. However, those in melee can still be bitten, which is Grinkeeper Splendor Belt broadside and the unconscious cultist I don't think we'll be going after him but all the same we'll do a d4 here in that order I mentioned (laughs) it eats the cultist (laughs) laying on the ground behind him oh wow scoops him up got hungry and lowers its jaw out just kind of taking some dirt and and root with it just scoops that up and one big that kind of echoes across the chasm swallows it down. Goodbye, cultist. Greenkeeper. Can she see the egg-laying area? It's by Splendor Belt, about ten feet away from you. Right there. All right. She's going to close her eyes, take a deep breath, and start going at it with her javelin. How big is it? Actually, how wide? The the crevasse is about three feet wide. Okay, so you can't climb up. Okay, so what she's going to do is she's going to start stabbing in there, and if it looks like it's loose enough, maybe start trying to pull it out. <laughs> it's the only All soft right. thing she can see on this creature. Totally, totally. Is this with your javelin? She's going to start with the javelin and then work okay. her way toward it. Let's make an attack then. A natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Roll the crit rule. An eight. Okay. Well, give me some damage. This is double, correct? Yes, this would be your, your crit damage as normally rolled in Dungeons & Dragons. Eighteen. Eighteen points of damage. Grinkeeper. Your blow may have been a little unnoble. But <laughs> There's I, no nobility in this. But looking to save everyone in the room, you have decided on a weakness and you hit true. Uh, the... The flesh itself is still stony on the exterior, but with the crit, you still manage to press through. And as you jab in, j- jab in your javelin, you pierce right through 
a newcomer, another piercer who is just being laid straight up through it and into the thing's body. You pin it inside the child, the piercer. (laughs) And your javelin locks itself, plugging the hole, as it were. And the creature reacts with an unearthly howl, waving about its tendrils. As it reaches back, its tendrils, you know, still available, uh, Ko being the only one that was dragged at the moment, three tendrils reach around the back, and it begins to rip itself apart as it tries to solve its problem that you've presented it. And as it digs and pulls, it smashes its children that are laying about, and its flailing arms reach out. It focuses so hard that its eye explodes, pops from the wound that Ko delivered. As it clenches down around the arrow, the arrow sort of is dragged across as its eyes move wildly about, and it blinds itself. And the whole thing loses its consciousness, slumps back, and falls. Falls on top of Boonfellow, who's going to make a... who does manage to roll to the side. The whole creature collapses downwards, and as it does, it takes the javelin with it further into a body, and you see this five-foot-long javelin grinkeeper poke out where its stomach would be, where its front is, explode from its inside as it collapses onto the javelin. You hear that heartbeat that... As it... It gives a great job of the hut drool <laughs> through the area. The piercers all around howl in sadness and try to crawl away, climbing up the edges. But the beast is slain. Remind me not to have any kids. Great <laughs> <laughs> keeper says. does not say that. That's oh, <laughs> I wanted to. Good. Are you sure? No, Green Keeper will say it. Like okay, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. It is said. Uh, Co. next to you, a single bubble up from Phelan's mouth as he's been face down in the water as it continues oh. to pull in from above. Grab Phelan and pull him out. Get him, get him out of the water. Phelan is on death's door. Does anyone have a way to revive him or help him? Greenkeeper will run up and slap him for three points. <laughs> all right, you got how many points do you have left after all this day? Five. So okay, three will bring cool. Down to two. Greenkeeper, a little excited, slams Phelan across the face. And the large red hand mark glows with holy pink power. And he revives. <gasps> Where am I? Boonfellow slaps his knee. Hey! All right, Norman! And runs over to his buddy <laughs> and drags him over as well. Does anyone have anything for Norman? I got two left! <laughs> and then she runs over and slaps him. Another slap rings out, and 
Norman also awakens. Broadside stands looking over all of this, the bronzers who have succeeded in the mess that he helped make, and begins to chuckle and laugh at the ridiculousness of the dead monster before them. As its babies attempt to crawl up the walls, he picks up one of the fallen rocks and throws it <laughs> at the piercer, who er, knocks down and falls to the ground. <laughs> and we fade out. And we fade out from the Noble Hollow back into daytime at the guild. We're downstairs. Several days have passed. You all look around the room you're in, which you now would recognize from your adventures. You're sitting in the middle of the zone of truth. And before you, the face is obscured as the one who is using the stand. Tell me what happened at the Noble Hollow. And who answers first? We killed a giant monster. Pillar, and stopped some cultists. Yeah. Pillar had highball, was real tough to beat. Like to grab a tentacle, we beat it. Yeah, we were up to the fight. We were up to the task. We saved almost everybody. And what of Broadside, of Cheats, of Soulburn? In your opinion, should they be trusted again? I mean, I think Broadside more than proved himself as wanting to make up for it. Even Soulburn seemed to be under the control or sway of forces. Uh, Cheat. Cheat seems to be a. Uh, in need of having some issues sorted out. <laughs> Her name is Cheat. <laughs> this is all you need to know. Her title was given for her ability to cheat death, not because of her ability to lie. However, we will recommend action be taken against her and placed on her permanent record. Cassius, I feel we've passed enough here. Very well. Let's turn this darn thing off. And walking around the corner from behind the pillar, now revealed to be your inner viewer, as you've been stuck in this room for a good couple hours, asking, answering every question about every quest since you've gotten here at the guild, trying to build up the story as to why this happened, what took place at the ruins. You've told the entire story. The audience already knows it plus, but you've told the whole story. <laughs> to Selenar Everbloom, a elf of six and a half feet tall walks around. Her... Guild attire is of the same sort of bartender vest as the others, but hers is all in green with a beautiful pattern of golden leaves across it. She has this great blonde hair that runs down to basically her knees in the back. And it's all done up with various braids. You can assume it's even longer than that when she gets to it. She stands before you and walks into the light. A high elf. She has a number of badges and declarations upon her chest from the guild 
and she turns to you all. Darkest Delvers, we appreciate the actions you took here to protect the guild during its time of need. You have all gone above and beyond the requirements that our pay suggests of you. You are all true heroes. I apologize for putting you through such a lengthy interview and the distrust you originally perceived. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair, Grinkeeper. I have kept you down here for several hours. You are free to go. That's it, then. Yes, and Cassie speaks up. Your names have been cleared of any action that may have been befallen you there during the All Bronze operation. Uh, Do you have any questions for us, as we have been your interviews for some time now? Um, What is going to happen to the others? Uh, Those that were under the sway and influence. What about this Merrick, who was a guild researcher? Merrick. Well, we're going to be sending him back to the Guild Academy, or his trial. A proper trial. That cannot be denied. He was sent by the guild in the first place, so there will be a further inquiry in that direction. We're all a little disturbed by the actions of a higher rank official. As for Broadside and Solburn, we believe them to be full under the influence of Merrick and whatever happened down there in the ruins. So they will be cleared. Cheat will be sent for rehabilitation. And we will... Perhaps, and he looks over at Selenar, uh, take extra cautions when we hire necromancers. Though, of course, we do not wish any um, restrictions to befall those who are true to the cause, but use death spells uh, for their needs. Is there anything else we can answer for you? Questions. I'm sorry, broke up for me. Splendor Belt, do you have any questions? Oh, I didn't hear you either. That was weird. Uh, no. I just... Is there any sort of bonus for getting good work done fast? Because Potato Farm does not buy itself. It's true. You did say we went above and beyond the pay. This is true, Selena. Yes, it is. I regret to inform you all that the guild funds have been rather seized by a war versus vampires in the north. We do not have the available means to place you on official campaign for this quest. Cast speaks up. That means we return to normal, thanks to you all. We will attempt to raise sufficient funds to further this investigation of the Underdark via the Bronze Ball, which approaches our number one fundraiser for the year. Greenkeeper imperceptibly squirms. (laughs) We do hope that you will be in attendance as the story of your heroics is spreading fast around the town. 
while I know you are all heroes for hire, I do appreciate endlessly your heroics and hope that the fame that you've afforded yourselves will be sufficient enough. Uh, I Fame actually is not so good for me, but... Um, I mean... I suppose it will have to do. I wouldn't want to deprive vampire fighters of their funds. Yes, they. Uh, it's a rather expensive business, as it can be only be fought at night, and that requires a lot of resources. Uh, for me, I just want to buy potato farm, and this seems like I am not done. There is no retiring from Paylor's gaze this day. And is okay, I guess, but uh, potato farm will wait, I guess. Potato farm. Yes. Were you gonna say something, Co? Nope. Okay, I'm not here. Potato farm, Selenar. Wouldn't it be possible for us to make use of the old tower out in the farmlands? If that would be sufficient for the adventurers, we could see that the deed to the old tower out there could be passed on. I mean, it sounds better than zip. (laughs) Take what you can give. My goal is to to not only have successful potato farm, but also, also to please the townspeople with plenty of potato access. This is why I do it. But do not do it just for me. Very good. Uh, We will (laughs) see that that falls into your possession, Mr. Splendorbelt. You're all dismissed from the interview. Thank you. You all make your way up the stairs, out of the dark cellar and containment areas of the guild, back into the light of the main hall where you see uh, quite a bit of commotion today as business has gotten back to usual. There's a knoll camp that's being a little argued over on the board as to who wants to take it. There's a troll that's taken up residency under the bridge. Uh, a red, a young red dragon was located in the mountains, which hindered the return of the All Bronze operation in that direction. They were successful in talking with the kobolds and the goblins, though they didn't come up with anything as substantial as the swamp group did. And now, of course, there's a red dragon taking up home in that area. There's also talk of a minotaur camp. Some marrows may have swam up the river a bit. And in general, the guild is abuzz with all the various unusual quests that take place. As you enter the main hall, Boonfellow at the bar turns and goes, Hey! You made it. Not reprimanded, are we? And not reprimanded, but not exactly rewarded. This guild, I have to tell you, is <laughs> not one to reward going above and beyond. Uh, we're paid to do a job, huh? And when the job's done, that's the pay. It is, uh... It's hero work. It ain't a charity. If it was a charity, we might all be better heroes and very poor for it, huh? I suppose. 
You all settle about the room. It's been about four days. Cassius returned, bringing Selenar Everbloom with him. The guild is a buzz. You all sit down. Groinhammer brings out several potatoes for Splendorbelt. Uncooked, of course. <laughs> and you all place some orders for your lunch here. And as various heroes start to come in, take the quests off the board and empty the board, the room falls a little silent. An evening sort of creeps in as you've been in that interview for several hours. And just as you all start to give your nods and start to make your way out for the day, maybe start to think about what your next mission is going to be. The door bangs open. Outside, it's raining. The sun disappears under a cloud. And a man about three feet high with a beard that gets tangled in his bootstraps walks in. And he, eh, 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 and carries with him two buckets. He walks up to the counter and places the buckets up on the main table where Cassius works. And as he does, they spill and out spills out thousands of gold pieces and snakes slithering between them. Says, all right, you want pay? Damn it, I've brought pay! And he looks right at you for Snake Island. <laughs> and we end the season there. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Snake Island. Oh, so hoping Snake Island wouldn't go forget forgotten. It's great. Oh my gosh. Well done. <laughs> oh, that last guy made it all happen for me. Uh, well done, everybody. Uh, th- uh, there, thus endeth the Delver season one. Now, uh, just so you know, you know, a lot of you already probably know this, but we are not going to be here next week because we're going to take a week to build what's next. Okay, so there will be no show uh, next week. Uh, there's always a break between seasons. I know we kind of had one off yes- last week, but that was for different reasons. Anyway, so that'll be coming up, and uh, when we get there, uh, surely you'll know it because uh, you'll be here and you'll be a part of it. So watch for that. In the meantime, if you'd like supporting what we do here, check us out over on the website, as always. You can find us at uh, therewillbedungeons.com. You can sign up to be a Dungeons Plus member and reap a bunch of monthly benefits that you can't get any other way. Every little bit helps, so thank you all for your support. And anyone who has uh, not tried uh, to do it so far, maybe check it out and see what you think. That, again, is over at therewillbedungeons.com. Dot com. Uh, Kyle, anything as our DM that you would like to say before we go? Really looking forward to season two of There Will Be Dungeons Delvers, where we'll be having guest players from around the Frog Pants community and fellow sister shows. Really looking forward to that, getting that in y'all's ears. And thank you all for joining for this first season. I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I certainly have some questions for our bonus show for our players here as we get into that, because... Y'all had some surprises for me. Yeah, there was stuff. There was things. Things happened. What will happen next time? You'll have to come and find out. That'll do it for us. Thank you all for listening, for watching, and for consuming this however you do. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.